0: You pass up the opportunity to spit blood in Joan Baez's face. Face, face, face. Dude, I'm so funny, I inverted an epiglottis. Let's round up the faceless and get some pajamas. Dude, I didn't know my head was a bank. That's fucking awesome. I want to eat so many Tootsie Rolls, I just shit a tire. I jerked off at this towel so much it might be a surfboard. Mr. Schmidt is an entertainer. Got a cool... Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt? Forty-year-old boy podcast. Yes, I can't figure out the uh, the earbud thing. Thank you for everybody who wrote to try to help me, and by everybody I mean one guy, <laughs> Alan Miller wrote me, and he's like, "Hey, dude, here's the steps you need to take to get your earbuds to work." And I mean, I guess I don't really need the earbuds to work. Our friend Geo, super fan Geo, not super fan of me, but super fan of others. Certainly, uh, he wrote me to say, "You know what, dude? Uh, you don't even need to hear yourself because then you're not freaking out about all this uh, the things you think you hear, like spit and nonsense." Um... <laughs> Which, by the way, is my next CD, Spit and Nonsense. Oh my God. Should it, now let me ask you this. Since we're taking a poll, I, I, we weren't until just now, this very second. S- should it be spit and nonsense? Like three different words? Or spit and nonsense? Like I'm just, I'm on here spitting nonsense, man. Or should it be spit in, like an apostrophe and spit and nonsense? Like it's a pair of things that you can't get past. Um,. Now I'm I'm super conscious about the spit in my mouth, even though there's always spit in your mouth, right? At all times. Every day, there's spit in your mouth. You can't get around it, whether you're talking to people. I'll tell you what. You know what? I hear something I watched the other day because, uh, folks, let's talk about what I did last week. I did nothing. I finished this podcast, and I called Max, and I got the artwork squared away, and then I went, ah, I'm done for the week, and I did not a fucking thing. I didn't drive until Saturday night. Here's the bad thing that I did when I've, I've done my apartment, you know, I, and, uh, I've, I've made some improvements like Monday and Tuesday were great last week. I did. I did good things. I was making progress. I did the podcast on time. I got that squared away. I did some stuff in the living room. I unpacked my books and I made a bookcase. If you want a photo of that, tell me, I'll put it in the Joker's page so and I'll say, yay, Mike, you did a good job, and made a bookcase happen by unpacking all your books. Uh, but that's the problem is I want an attaboy. I want to get my hair tozzled by people who say, Hey, nice job on the bookcase, Mike. And that will lead me to go ahead and do the next thing. However, when nobody does that, I just go, oh, man, nobody fucking cares about this bookcase. And nobody cares about me. And now I'm going to sit in my house and read the internet for four days, not even four hours, four days. One day I woke up at noon and that was because my own fucking schedule got all Coyana and I got all fucked up. Uh, and I, and I didn't wake up. And by the way, I should tell you, the windows are open here. Because it is hot and I don't want to have the air on because I literally had the air on for three straight weeks. And by three straight weeks, I may mean a month. I turned it off when I went to Seattle and then turned it on the second I walked back in the door. And uh, and now I'm back. And, uh, and I said, you know what, man, this bill is going to be outrageous, 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 he said, like a horse backing away from a microphone. Uh, so I went ahead and turned the air off. So now I'm in the house, and I got fans going. I had a ceiling fan in the living room, but I'm not in the living room. And I'm in the bedroom, and the, the uh, there's not exactly a serious cross breeze from window, because it doesn't line up. The Tetris of my apartment does not line up where the window out in the living room lines up with the window in the bedroom. So it doesn't give me a clear cross breeze. So I usually have a fan pointing right at me, and it's pointing right at me now, but I turned it off because then it would be blowing into the microphone, and then you'd hear a and nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to think there's a mechanical owl behind me during the entire show (laughs) Uh, all right i got lost what was i talking about oh the fact that i did nothing last week and there's plenty of things i want to talk about folks certainly Uh, i want to talk about people who reached out to try to help me with earbuds as i've mentioned Uh, but the dangerous thing is putting this oh i woke up at noon that was what i was gonna say fuck see see everything happens i get all spun up spitting nonsense that's got to be the name of the show. That's this is the earliest name of a show we've ever come up with. I think right now uh, I'm going to go ahead. Hold on, I have to jot that down. And that's really good for you guys to have to listen to me as I'm writing. And uh, and and I don't even know the spelling. I should you know what? I'll throw it up. Maybe I'll throw a poll up on the Joker's page. Uh, for those of you who don't use Facebook, Westside eighty six Jokers is the fan club of this show, and it's uh, it's active. And by active, I mean it's got four people and they're posting at all times. And then I uh, poke my head in periodically and then Mex will jump in and say things uh, because he's like, hey, it's your fan club man. you should be in there be more fucking active. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, but then I go, "Well, but who? What do people want me to say? And then he's like, "You dick." And I'm like, "What? Why would you say that to me? You're my friend of 37 years." And he's just like, "Ah, shut up!" But he hangs up the phone. Uh, we have a, t- a contentious relationship via the phone. That's um, some of this may be a lie. Some of it may be true, though. I'm going to let you parse it. I'm going to let you figure it out. I'm going to let you sit down and take a butter knife to it and dig in there and try to find out exactly what the truth is in the middle. Because on the outside, it might just be a hard shell of untruth, but inside is the creamy nougat of the real thing. That the, the truth is inside there. That's not a creamy nougat. It's more of a cream filling. I don't want to have a nougat of truth. Nobody wants truth nougat. Everybody wants truth cream. See, truth cream sounds better. You can either ingest it or rub it on your elbow if you're sore. But a truth nougat, that's just, uh, thats just you're biting that and it's hard and you pull a filling out. Uh, I've done that before. I pulled a filling out one time chewing on something. It was a bit of honey, I think it was, when I was a, a youngster, a child, back when I had dental coverage. Now i that's why I've learned my lesson now, folks. I only eat soft foods I eat sandwiches and soup and chocolate bars. That's all I chomp on these days. Last week, I gave myself permission to fail. Wasn't good. I will not lie to you guys. It was not good last week when I gave myself permission to fail. I just said, ah, I'll just do this because I didn't go to the gym all last week either. Uh, I, just, I just hung. You know what? I put out a, I put out a sign that said, gone fishing. That's what I did at my apartment door. I just hung it out there and said, gone fishing. And uh, nobody knew where I was or what I was doing. And that was fine with me because I enjoyed hiding because I like being a spy. You know me. I like being a spy. So one day, like I said, I woke up at ten, I woke up at noon noon, noon o'clock. and the only time I left my bedroom was to get water out of the fridge or to shower uh, or to heat up Chinese food because here's what I did this is this was you want to talk about somebody hiding. You want to talk to somebody who's just like, yeah, done, not interested in living a life this week. Uh, I went and bought Chinese food on Wednesday night. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, where did you go? What did you do? What did you buy? Well, I called Golden Chopsticks by my house because I wanted to go over there because they have a dinner deal. Like for twelve ninety-five, you get like a foil-wrapped chicken and like a, a wonton soup. And then you get to pick an entree, like a shrimp with lobster sauce. And it comes with either a chow mein or a fried rice. Uh, let's talk more about what's on a Chinese menu. Like you guys have never been to a restaurant before. Here's me running down the things you can get at Golden Chopsticks on Laurel Canyon Boulevard. Um... So I, that's normally my go-to Chinese cause it's close and it's a, it's a local joint and it's a, you know, it's a small business. I like supporting the small businesses. You know, me, that's the kind of guy I am. I, I like supporting your independent businessman. Uh, and if Gong Luke owns the golden chopsticks over there, I want to go ahead and throw down some money so he can raise his child in a country that won't fucking make him make a phone when he's nine years old. Good for them. Go ahead and make me a paper wrap chicken and I'll make sure your kid doesn't have to build me a phone. Perfect. Uh, I I like throwing money at that small business. I go ahead and take care. That's how I look at it. I look up benevolent. I'm the benevolent American. I go and support a small Chinese place rather than going to a P.F. Chang's because I tell you, there's no P.F. Chang. There's no that was a that was a dude who he, you know he had a wagon like a red wagon called a PF flyer and he's like ah I would love to make Chinese food for a living but everybody's gonna I can't call it PF flyers because nobody wants to eat Chinese food from a guy who owned a red wagon and then he went what's a Chinese name Chang like it's the first one you think about Chang Chang Chiga Chang, Chang that's like that's uh, a that's a song that's White Lines but not really that's White Lines in China when they remixed it for China because it's, it's rang dang digga da dang, dang right rang dang digga dang dang uh, White Lines oh away. Uh sorry, <laughs> I was actually gonna wrap the whole song for you. Uh ticket to ride, White Line Highway. Tell all your friends they can go my way. Probably not. I shouldn't do that. Alright, uh because that's just wasting more time. That's doing nothing then at that point. Um So I was going to go to a Golden Chopsticks. That's where I wanted to go. I wanted to have that Chinese food. I wanted to have that dinner experience because I like an appetizer. I like a soup. I like an entree. And also, that's a lot of food, man. I can get that, and it kind of sits in the fridge for a couple of days. But then the Golden Chopsticks, uh, here's another thing with a small business because they don't have a P.F. Chang, an overlord telling them that they have to stay open at all hours. Sure, they say they close at 9 o'clock, but go ahead and try to give them a call at 841 and see when they don't answer the phone. And whenever they don't do that, here's the thing. You're thinking to yourself, well, it's a small business, Mike. There's only one person at the counter. Maybe they're helping somebody pay for their food. They're they're, they're cashing somebody out. Or maybe they're waiting on tables. Because again, when you go there, it's literally like the guy, his brother, and his wife. That's who run fucking golden chopsticks. That's that's the Goldens. They're they're right there. It's Mary and Steve and Louis Golden. They've I'm sure that's their real names. They came from China and adopted those names. And they opened the place called Chopsticks. And I know you're thinking to yourself, Mike, do you eat at this golden chopsticks because you used to eat at golden chopsticks? Chopsticks. chopsticks in Bolingbroke and it reminds you of that golden chopsticks? Well, not really, but I mean, it's still there because I I love the fact too, by the way, I think they call themselves the one and only golden chopsticks, the one by my house. And, uh, and I want to stride in there and I would go, you know what? Yeah, this is wrong. There's just, there's no way, you know, you should have gone bronze chopsticks. Why not do that? Because then that that evokes all sorts of imagery of gongs and the bronze era. And it really brings me back to old timey feudal China when they used to make me paper wrapped chicken. And (laughs) after a phone call, uh, golden chopsticks. There's too many golden chopsticks. Go ahead and go with a different metal. Be uh, be plutonium chopsticks. Oh my fuck, that's that's off the chart. That's so much better than golden chopsticks. And that makes you think that, you know what, you can give me completely cold Chinese food, but I ate it with plutonium chopsticks and it heats it up nuclear style. God damn, I want some nuclear paper wrap chicken. I want some nuclear sesame beef. I want some nu- nuclear fucking lobster sauce shrimp. And by the way, if you get the shrimp and lobster sauce, don't get the brown. Get the white sauce. And I know it looks gelatinous and it looks a little funky, but it's still. It's got that kind of that smooth cr- crab aftertaste. Mm, delicious. You know what you're looking for in any food? The smooth crab aftertaste. Oh my! I can't say how many times as a child I would have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I go, you know what? Needs more crab. This absolutely needs more crab. I mean, I'm certainly enjoying the Smucker's Jammery that I'm jamming into my face. I'm enjoying the smooth and creamy jiff, but oh, oh, this sandwich would be delightful if it had more crab. You know, you could probably peanut butter fry a crab. I mean, because you put peanut butter in thai, thai food all the fucking time, like you make pad Thai and shit like that. I mean, we made some food here one time, Karen and I, a million years ago. Remember Karen? She was my wife. She used to live here. Uh, we made, I don't think that didn't go through my head all last week, uh, that I fucking knocked my dick in the dirt spinning around on that fucking thing, because uh, I'll show you with this. Hey, tomorrow would have been my wedding anniversary. Hi, how you doing? Uh, no, not tomorrow for you when you're listening, two days ago. So it's uh Wednesday. Wednesday was my cuz today's Tuesday. We are recording on Tuesday and uh Wednesday would have been my wedding anniversary. So and that would have been uh let's see 97. So that's uh I would you know, I would have been married uh 21 years on Wednesday. But together 24. Uh almost. <laughs> Look it up. Go ahead and buy your fucking nine or whatever the fuck it was. Um so, what are we uh, talk, oh oh peanut butter yeah you can put peanut butter in fucking anything like it needs more crab though always needs more crab uh, so I went to, I wanted to go to the Golden Chopsticks but again like I said a small business you want to support them and you want to go ahead and make sure that things are good for them however however folks when you call them at eight forty one at night when they close at nine o'clock and they don't answer the phone as I said it's a small business perhaps they're just helping people at the tables perhaps they're checking out someone with a to go order but in my head I go oh you're closing nineteen minutes early fuck you man. That's the extent of my support for small business (laughs) in my head. Instead of giving them another chance and calling again, I think, oh, well, you fucking closed early because, you know, that does happen. How many times you've tried to go to a place and it's like 852 and they're like, man, sorry, we close at nine. You're like, yeah, but it's 852, motherfucker. I mean, there's no way you put away the stew pots. Fucking make me up some food, Um, which seems mean. That just seems like something the Hessian army would have done in 1700 when they burst into Boston to try to kill all the colonials. I don't know if any of that's true. Go ahead and please fact check that. I don't know if the Hessian army killed colonials. I don't know if they, they were in Boston. Um, you know what that's from? I read a book about the Revolutionary War when I was a kid. Totally fucking true. And this is stuck in my head forever. Uh, and they said when the Hessians occupied, like, when they came over to America to fight... They would, uh, they would just make themselves stay at people's houses. But of course, it's, you know, it's sanitized for when you're a kid. So you're reading it and they, I, I thought the biggest transgression of all is they would like, they basically made the families because they had, you know, weapons, they'd be like, well, you guys are going to house us because you know, we've taken over this little city and now you have to feed us. <laughs> so they had a picture of Hessians and it said the Hessians Hessians ate all of the chickens and brown bread in this small town and it made the villagers uh, go hungry and have to eat vegetables. And I thought that was the biggest transgression because again, this is a book for kids, not knowing that the Hessians probably fucked every single person in that city, man and woman and child along, just because they were trying to send a message to everybody because the horrors of war are terrible. And, uh, and I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, the horrors of war do include brown bread and chickens and, and uh, eggs and things like that. So, well, certainly, yes. But I, I'm sorry. I have to think uh, on the atrocity scale. Eating all of my brown bread there's certainly going to be a few notches below raping my daughter and son in front of me and making me watch. And I'm assuming the Hessians did that sort of thing to try to demoralize the colonials before they crushed them, or attempted to crush them, and that's why to this day, fuck England. Yeah, that's right, you come over here, you fuck our daughters and our sons, you try to spin us around, fuck you, and fuck your tea, ride this barrel back to fucking England and go ahead and talk to the queen and tell her to fuck off, and her and her fucking gangly brother, and whoever the fuck else is in England, except for all the cool English people who listen to me. Hi, Liam, how are you? Hey. <laughs> Hey, Hugh. Uh, everybody, everybody in England who likes me, by, you're you're exempted from that. But if you you other English people, you know, you came over here, you raped our kids, and you tried to fucking make us stop being America. And I'll tell you what, you look around at America today, and you know what I think to myself? Oh, if only the Union Jack had been triumphant. Oh, I I could do with a like a a sodden queen trotting around and and smelling our petunias here in America as we saluted her and had bobbies with giant fur q tip fucking hats. With what the fuck else is going on in this goddamn country? Today was the day that everything came uh, coming down. Down, folks, everything fell apart. Everything, uh, everything for the Trump administration went upside down because, unfortunately. Uh, or fortunately, depending on your, and look, this is going to be old, this whole fucking show's got old man yells at cloud all over it, get off my fucking lawn, I got a podcasting lawn, you don't want to be on it, this might be a good time for you to just fucking unplug your iPod vagina and go and find something else, go find another show that you might like this week because this is going to be a lot of me yelling and bitching because again, I haven't even left my fucking space, I'm just a dude sitting in a goddamn bedroom, putting the desk in here was a huge mistake, I mean it was a great move, but also a huge fucking mistake because now it's like a little podcasting studio, but also I have the internet in here, so I don't ever have to fucking and leave. I didn't even finish that thought. I woke up one day at noon. The only time I left to get Chinese food before until ten o'clock. Until ten o'clock, I went and got the Chinese food at like fucking. Uh, or no, uh, the, the the heat update was the day after. I went and got the Chinese food the day before. Um, and let's finish where I went. I wound up going to Citywalk. I had to go to a big fucking chain because again, I called the small business, and sure enough, Chang uh, uh, fucking the Goldens. They shut me down. They wouldn't answer the phone at eight forty one. Uh, and, and by the way, it's not like this is stuck with me over a week, huh? That I don't. I so fucking eight forty one. I still know the time that I called. Um, and I know what you're thinking, Mike, you know, you called and it's not far from your house. You probably could have just stopped in there and made your order. But fuck them, man. Because again, like I said, if they're not picking up the phone, they're certainly not going to help me when I walk in the goddamn door. I'm sure they've locked it and barricaded it and they're in there eating soup noodles themselves for fuck's sake. They're probably eating all of that. All, anything with an underlying crab aftertaste, they've shoved down their fucking Chinese gullets already at that point because they don't want to serve it to me. Why are they, why are they cutting me out of it? Why are they leaving me out? I'm just I'm just here hiding in my house. I just want Chinese food to burrow into my fucking house with. That's all I'm looking for. Why would the Goldens refuse me? Hey, pick up the goddamn phone. He said out loud, yelling, shouting, hoping they would hear him from his house. The Goldens! Why are you shunning me, Goldens? Alright, uh so here's the deal, folks. I so I don't go there, so I wind up having to go to a city walk, which is a corporate joint. Uh and it's a farther drive. But at least I know they're not gonna close. But I will tell you this, I called the guy to make an order, it was like 9, because uh, I all right, I, went, I called at 8.41 for Golden Chopsticks, and then CityWalk closes at 10. Uh, so, of course, I waited an hour, because I was furious, and I'm in my house, and again, I'm just embedded in my fucking room like a tick, and I don't want to go anywhere. So I'm like, ah, fuck, I can get Chinese from CityWalk, and they don't close till 10. So, uh, so I called them at 9.51, I think it, no, it was, no, I, well, I called them at 9.50. Uh, and then, sure, by the time the order was finished, it was $9.51. But I, and I, what, here's what I ordered, folks. You want to know what I, call them? I called my shot at CityWalk? I got a half an order of sesame beef, and that comes with the white rice. And then I got the, uh, a house lo mein because I like a soft noodle, but I don't want a soft flat noodle. I don't understand the flat noodles. Like, I understand it if you're an Italian joint, you want to have a pappardelle, and you want to get, like, a, a, a nice meat sauce and a nice like pappardelle bolognese. And you eat that, then you eat that fucking toboggan noodle. But in a Chinese joint, that fucking toboggan noodle, it just gets in the way, man. It's too long. And you're trying to eat with chopsticks. That's another thing. You eat with a forking and spin up a pappardelle and, uh, and you go ahead and, and it's like a little sled. It's a sled covered in meat sauce. It fucking, it picks up your bolognese and it's perfect. It's a vessel to get the sauce into your mouth. However, Chinese food, everything is crammed into that fucking pagoda. And then you're trying to scoop it out with your fucking, uh, uh your, your chopsticks and you use a chopstick to poke up a flat noodle. Oh, it's like pulling out a dog tongue. I mean, it's just fucking, it's just wrong, man. Just fucking, I just, so that's why I'm on a low main cause a skinny noodle I can deal with. You give me a fucking low main, a soft skinny noodle. I'm on board. That's what I want. Uh, and it's also, it's kind of like you're eating pretend spaghetti and oh, you know, is, is there anything more delicious than pretend spaghetti other than anything with a subtle crab aftertaste? Oh, I love pretend spaghetti. Uh, the Chinese, and they invented spaghetti, right? Isn't lo the precursor of inventing spaghetti, but then, like, fucking Columbus went there and he stole it and he took it back to Italy before he came here and he fucking ruined everything here? Columbus was a dick. What a jag-off, man. He steals spaghetti from the Chinese. He goes back to Italy and goes, hey, make this. I'm going to America and fuck them up. He shows up here with fucking Amerigo Vespucci. They fucking see some Indians. They punch them in the face. And the next thing you know, the Hessians are over here raping our kids. Fuck you, Columbus. Look at the fucking gate of hell you opened on our country. Uh, granted, you opened all of our country, but you shouldn't have done any of that. The Indians were here, and then you know, and then came the white dogs. <laughs> They're big and empty heads; they couldn't see past the billfold. They wanted all the buffalo, They wanted all the spaghetti noodles. That's when when Columbus went to Italy, and came the Italian dogs, big and empty heads; they couldn't see past their fucking billfolds. And sure enough, they wanted all the spaghetti noodles, and they stole it from the Chinese, and they fucking went to Italy. They go, hey, do something with this. Say we invented pasta. We stole it from these dudes who don't fucking care. Fuck the Celestials. We're taking their noodles. Uh, Columbus, what a jagoff! I, I don't know anything about Columbus. Like, did they do any fucking DNA testing on him? Was he a giant? Was he, like, a big dude? Like, because I'm sure he had, like, an army of dudes who went and fought the Indians, and he stood on the ship like a fay idiot, um, and just, you know, powdered his nose and was like, hey, kill these n- savages, blah, blah. I don't know why he's Jimmy Cagney or a vampire, but he did that. That's how a fucking Columbus handled his business. <laughs> see? Kill these natives. <laughs> <laughs> these Indians. Yeah, see? These Indians are they're causing a problem. Let's steal the spaghetti. <laughs> uh because the you know what because here's the thing he didn't even come to steal the country he fucking came here looking for something to put on top of the spaghetti because he couldn't steal sauce from fucking china because they just had noodles in a fucking pagoda he's like ah, i took the noodles let's go looking for sauce man so he sailed the seven seas and he came over here with the fucking nina the pinta the santa maria and said fuck you guys we're stealing some sauce and then he shows up here and then indians they have any sauce they've got corn only of course they called it maize Uh, And then he was going to steal it. He's like, let's steal these lotes. Let's steal this fucking stuff and make a goddamn corn sauce out of it. But then he realized, ah, fuck this. Then they had tomatoes. And he went, wait a second. Columbus fucked up the Indians, stole the tomatoes, sent them back to Italy. So do something with this with the noodles. Fucking tomatoes, noodles, corn. He mixed it all up. And what did he make? A fucking, uh, I don't know, tomato sauce, corn pasta. I have no idea. (laughs) I I don't know a whole lot about Italian recipes. Um... But yeah, but he stole the fucking spaghetti noodles, and then he came here and he fucked everything up, Columbus. So again, is he a giant? Did they do any like that twenty three and me bullshit? At twenty three and me, what a fucking scam that is. I got friends who are just like, yeah, you know, I'm the, I'm related to a prince. Fuck you. No, you're not. Hey, I'm related to a queen. Yeah, it turns out my family's got uh, Napoleon's blood. Fuck. No, you don't. You're all related to fucking serfs that's who you're related to. Idiots who who worked in the mud and died. That's who all of your relatives are. Think of the odds of this on this planet. Okay. Think of all, there've been like 10 famous people on this planet, 10 rulers, 10, 10, you know, rich people or generals or whatever the fuck. And then everybody else is just eating dirt and dying, you know, fucking having a potato famine. That's who you're related to. You, If, if anything, you're related to the potato famine, not even to the people in the potato famine. You right now th- look in a mirror, right now glance at yourself you are a direct descendant of the potato famine you carry the plague in you son you carry it in your head you carry it in your heart right now you're just you're just black death that's all you are you're related to the black death you're not related to fucking queen winthrop or whoever the fuck you're related to some goddamn death that's all you are you're a disease and i'm the cure that's right i'm marian cabretti i'm gonna rip your shirt and tell you to clean up your act And then I'm going to fucking have a pearl-handled pistol with a fucking snake on it. I'm going to shoot you dead. And you and some fake Schwarzenegger guy are going to be banging together your pickaxes and trying to have a cult. And fuck that, I'm going to clean house on all of you. He killed one dude in that movie, right? Well, I mean, he killed a bunch of dudes, of course. He killed that guy in the beginning who just who looked, like, uh, he looked like a guy I knew named, uh, who did he look like? Not Frank Machuda, Machuda's from Romeoville. He looked like the Lovelaces. Like, you don't know who the Lovelaces are, but I grew up with these guys named the Lovelaces, Terry, Frank Lovelace and Terry Lovelace. And, uh, and and the guy in the beginning of Cobra, who, sh- who he pinned into the fucking grocery store, he looked like one of the Lovelaces. Uh, and I know you don't care about any of that, and that's fine. Gio one time sent me a clip. He's like, hey, uh, I figured something out about Cobra. Like he, he listened and he, and I guess he did something for Adam Carolla's show where he called in and there was a director's commentary about it. And then they played it and they all laughed uproariously. And I, I tried to make uh, heads or tails of it. And I, it's best when Gio contacts you to just nod a lot. And just because Gio, yeah, I'm going to say, this, this is totally true. And I'm sure you've heard his podcasts. That's super fan Gio, by the way, not super fan of me, but super fan of others. He has the uh, get it on podcast. And uh he also has the uh the outdoor f a q podcast which I'll probably plug later in the show why not but uh but if you listen to those shows, if you ever talk to him in a social environment, Geo talks faster than me and uh and Geo is also a genius like geo like i'll bring something up and he'll like he'll spout some theory of relativity bullshit and i'm just like i don't even dude, I couldn't even possibly hope to hang and that. And, and, and for some reason, Gio likes me. Thank God. Cause he's not a guy you want as an enemy. Gio's not a guy you want fucking working against you. You want him working for you. So, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased as punch that the guy's on my side, but boy, when I try to talk to him and also he's another guy who'll get bleak on you quick. I think I talked about that on the air here. I'll be like, Hey, what's going on? He's like, nothing. My dog ate a small rabbit and it might die. And my neighbors are trying to kill me with pitchforks. I'm like, Whoa, hold on. I just want to know what the weather was like by your house, dude. I don't need to know that you're being victimized by a neighbor posse. What the fuck? Uh, but I'll tell you what, you know what's better than that? Be victimized by a neighbor pussy. All right. How you doing? That's right. Step on over to the apartment, knock on the door, bring some wine and you're in. I don't know if that makes any sense. Uh, there are no neighbors here in my apartment building that I'd want to bang. I don't think Nah, there's not, there used to be, well, that's a lie. There's young, attractive women here, but they, uh, that's, I can't even, I, I, I feel weird holding the door for them from the carport because I'm so old and creaky and you know, nobody wants to even, cause then you look like a creep. You just, you just look awful. I I I Ubered some chick and I'm talking to her and, uh, and she was great. She was a, uh, I talked to her last night and she's a fucking dude. You want to talk about the quintuple threat? Like not even a triple threat. She's just, she went, she added more to it. Like she's an actor, singer, model, but then she threw in like songwriter, dancer. You know what I mean? Like she had all that shit. She had a, she had a full poker hand. Like she didn't just settle for three card money. She went for the whole fucking straight flush. She had a whole poker hand of cool things that she does. And, uh. And I wound up talking to her about the entertainment industry, and she was in a, she's in a movie and a play right now, and she had a, she's just met the man of her dreams. I mean, she's just, her life is taken off, man. She's twenty three. She's very happy, and uh, and I'm talking to her, and uh, and and it was a really cool conversation. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not even on the same planet as this woman because she was. I saw her in the rearview mirror, and then I saw her get out of the car, and I'm just like, that just. You, you, I I shouldn't even be talking to her. And I know that sounds weird. Is I'm not down on myself. I'm just saying, as a 51-year-old old guy who... I mean, I look, I think I bring something to the table, certainly, <laughs> but but not enough. And certainly not enough to talk to a 23-year-old. And I wouldn't even want to talk to a 23-year-old in that kind of fucking capacity. Like, I see guys all the time who are, like, marking out over fucking young girls and all that stuff. And I, I was talking to my trainer, John, and I'm like, dude, I, I'm 51. Like, I don't even... Because I'm not dating, you know what I mean? I'm not even trying because uh, I got to get my whole fucking house straightened out before I even think about doing something like that. I can't you know, I can't bring anybody over here for a glass of wine with 4,000 videotapes out in my living room. That's going to be fucking stupid. I mean, it's not like I already have enough shit to talk about, but then I got to bring them in and they're like, what's on these videotapes? Oh, man, you don't want to know. This stack here is old porn. And then they're like, I don't think I want this wine. I'm going to take off, thanks. Uh, and also, I, mean, I don't even know who to date. Like, I uh, When you look at the age range, because we're talking about the dating apps and shit like that. There's Bumble and... Plenty of fucking fish and school of fish and, uh, you know, school of Tinder and whatever the fuck and all that bullshit. And and even if you make a profile on there, then what? I got to shoot for, I guess the, what did I hear? I heard it's uh, half your age plus seven. That's what I heard it was. So half my age is 26. Uh, 25 and a half, if you want to go, if you want to be that guy. I, I'm going to throw a half in there. You know, that'll impress the ladies. You start putting fractions in your age. Oh, oh, oh. how old are you? I'm 51 and a quarter. Wee! Don't you want to date me? Look how whimsical I am. That's, you know, anybody who says that they're like 26 and a half or 31 and a half, they're still measuring their height with a marker on the wall at their house. I think I grew a quarter of an inch. Whee! Shut up, you fucking dope. What a goon you are. You can't be that. So I can't, I have to round up, right? I can't round down. I mean, I couldn't say 25 and then add whatever the fuck. But when you're figuring this out, when you're figuring out this fucking number and you're going, well, half your age plus seven. So 25, so that's 32. But at 51, Like, I mean, I I can't, there's no way, no 32-year-old even wants to be in the same fucking solar system as me, as far as that, and what are you gonna talk about? Like, because they grew up in the 90s and shit, I never watched Saved by the Bell, I don't know a fucking thing about that, I know Zach Slater, and I know the chick freaked out because she had, like, prescription pills, and she was so scared, I'm so this, I'm so that, I'm so scared, I can, I'm, I can converse in memes for a little bit, but then I'm gonna lose you at 31, fuck that, uh... But then you got to move into, you know, so I, I just look if I, and I'm not even considering dating, but if I was considering dating, I would want somebody that I could talk to, right? Don't you want that? I mean, obviously you want somebody you can tear up somebody. Cause I mean, you know, my mouth's going to be busy half the fucking time anyway, which is fine. I can bring that to the table, but then you got to talk to them when you're not fucking going down on them, <laughs> making them fuck making them tear your hair out of your head. You still got to have a conversation, right? Uh, I would imagine so. I enjoy conversing. I enjoy talking. Why why not just look at this goddamn show, ladies and gentlemen? Look at me spitting nonsense all over the place. Or spit and nonsense. Or am I spitting nonsense? Who knows? We'll put the poll up later, perhaps. Uh, but also at the same time, I'm going to get some 42 year old woman in there and I'm going to have a conversation with her. And the next thing you know, I'm going to go, Hey, remember when the Hessians stole all the brown bread and then fucked that guy's son. And they're going to go, I'm out of here, man. I can't possibly do this date. And then they're going to put up a Tinder flag. And then I'm going to get thrown off the app because I talked about Hessians and that's bad news. Nobody wants to get kicked off of Tinder or actually maybe we all want to get kicked off of Tinder. Let's do that. Let's go back to the old thing. Let's go speed date. I was I just talked to somebody and he was speed dating. Uh, I I, won't say his name. So it's somebody, and I, I know you're thinking to yourself, Mike, your life is so goddamn small. Well, it could have been an Uber passenger, or it could have been somebody I know. I don't even want to go into it, but it was somebody who was telling me about how they speed dated, and, uh, but it was a very specific speed dating. It was like speed dating with people who like eggs. You know what I mean? Like they, that's because that's what it's come to now. You can't just talk to somebody with rounded interests. You have to really get fucking laser like focus on what somebody likes. You're like, hey, I'm gonna go ahead to a speed dating thing where people who like chicken broth. Hey, I wanna have a speed date with somebody who likes orchietta. I wanna go to a, on a speed dating with people who like Saved by the Bell. I am completely out of that one, by the way. I can I, you've got me. I can talk for five minutes about Zack and Slater, and then again I'm so this, I'm so that, I'm so scared of pills. Uh, and then fucking who was the hot chick from there? Was Tiffany Amber Thiessen on that? show? Or is that, uh, is Shannon Doherty on that one? Shannon Doherty was on, she's on, on say by the Bell, right? She's on Melrose Place? Or is she on fucking Jump Street? Or is she on, what's the Peach Pit? I don't fucking know, man. See? All these fucking things smashed together. I was talking to Randy the other day, our friend Randy. Remember Randy, who was involved in this show for a while and involved in my life for a while? She and I are friends. So she texted me, And she was, uh, you know, she and I were game show partners a million years ago on a show called My Generation. So she's always kind of floating around looking for other opportunities for game shows. And I got to think that Wheel of Fortune was that's my final skin on the wall. That's my final game show appearance. Because they don't book 50-year-old dudes on game shows. They want young 25-year-olds who are lithe, who are jumping around doing cartwheels and shit like that. Now, I can jump around. I I can fake a cartwheel. I can do something like that. And I know a bunch of shit. But at the same time, I'm aging out of game shows. Because the game show that Randy wanted me to do was a music game show. And she's like, hey, man, we tore up My Generation. We could probably do this. And I'm like, yeah, but in my generation, we got to call our shot. We were from the eighties. So we played a team from the sixties. So I knew enough shit about the sixties where we could get through that. But then the eighties, she and I had fucking cold because she worked at K and She knew fucking everything. And I knew anything she didn't know. So we fucking crushed it. It was great. And then all you got to do is work the buzzers fast and talk quick. And you're going to win on a game show. And it's about personality. I know we've talked about this before. As long as you got a good personality, they're going to want you on a goddamn game show. However, uh, She got recruited for some game show, and and it was like it was like fifty grand or a hundred grand, five hundred grand or something like that at stake. I didn't know what the fuck it was, and it sounded good. So I actually I saw it first, and I told Randy about it. Like, hey, look, if this is something you might be interested, in, I'll throw you the name and whatever. And so then she contacted me, and she's like, "All right, they want a team of five people. Would you be interested in this?" And uh, no, I'm not. I mean, I I'm barely interested solo these days. You know what I mean? It's like I because you got to go through there and you got to prove it. And also, it was a music show. I mean, I'm, I'm out. I'm fucking finished. I can't talk about anything from the 2000s and the 2010s. And she even said, she goes, I'll take like the 2000s up and you study from like the 70s to the 90s. And I'm like, well, I got the 70s and the 80s cold. But if we get into the 90s, then you know, we get up to Nirvana and shit like that. And I think I'm okay. We get Pearl Jam and all those bands. I'm sort of floating around through there. Uh, but grunge is kind of where I stop. I know names, but I don't know songs. And I don't know people who done songs. I told you, one of my greatest triumphs ever was I went to a fucking, like a game show run through. This was after my generation, but before Wheel of Fortune. And I got contacted by the guys who had booked me on other shows and they were like, man, come on in for a run through. We love your enthusiasm. Come in. I told, I, t- I swear to God, I told this fucking story. So I sat there with me and two other guys on a team and, uh, and they were just asking questions. They were all softball questions and I was getting all of them. These two young guys didn't know a fucking thing, but then we got into the nineties and I figured, well, I better shut up because a, I don't want to just start guessing dumb shit. But also I want these kids to play because they've got to shine too. I'm not trying to steal their fucking spotlight. And it was just a run through. It wasn't like I was getting on the show. So I was just trying to help and you try to let the other guys answer fucking questions. But, one, I, the, but I, one of my proudest moments was they said, name the members of Green Day. It was like that was, was that simple of a question. And, uh, and one dude said, he, he goes, Billy Joe. And they go, what's his last name? And the other guy goes, Armstrong. And they, okay, you need to name at least one more guy. And I, I, truthfully, I didn't know. Like I, it was that thing where like in the moment I knew Billy Joe, but I wasn't, you know, with, under a time constraint. You got five seconds to name the three members of Green Day, which, by the way, I will never forget now because of this incident. But at the time, you're not even thinking about Green Day and who's in the fucking band. You just think they're Green Day. And you think, you know, you think in terms of songs, because that seems like a simple question, right? Like if they said who's in Van Halen, you'd spit them all out. But if they said to me, who's in uh, Boys the Men? I got no fucking idea. I think Morris Chestnut may have been in Boys the Men. I got no fucking idea. No clue. If you said to me, who's in Bell, Biv DeVoe? I'd give you two of them. And then we'd have to discuss the third guy. Absolutely. That's my problem. But because you're not expecting who's in the band, you're expecting what did they sing or what was the album name or what was the name of the song or give me some lyrics, all that shit. So your mind's not in that space. So the guy goes Billy Joe and he goes, I need a last name. And the other guy goes Armstrong. And they're like three seconds, two. And I, dude, I have no fucking idea how I did this. I just went, my dirt. I said it. I just said his fucking name. And they were like, yeah. And these guys like high five me and hug me like, oh, my God. How did you know Mike Durnt? And in my brain, I'm like, I don't don't know. Because, again, Trey Cool's the guy to pull. That's the stupid name that you should all know. Everybody should know Trey Cool is in fucking Green Day. But Mike Durnt, that's the guy I pull? And, again, it's just that's how your stupid brain works. It reminds me, I've talked about this many times on this fucking show. God damn, I'm repeating myself a fucking ton. But one time, Terry Garr was on David Letterman. And he's talking to her and she's like, my stupid brain. I don't know. I don't know why. I just, for some reason, I know that Xavier Kugat was married to Charo. I don't know why I know that. And it made me laugh as a kid because I do that all the fucking time. You'll know shit. And you're just like, I don't know why the fuck that happens. When you spit names out and you're just like, I don't, dude. So when I said fucking Mike Durnt instead of Trey Cool, even. I was like, God damn, man, that's fucking crazy. How the fuck did that live in my brain? But that's how your brain works. You got shit lurking in there. And you don't even know until you're under pressure. Not until not until a fat executive goes three, two, one. Can you pull the name of Mike Durnt? That's how it works in this world, man. You can't expect it to just be walking around with Mike Durnt on the tip of your tongue. You got to be under pressure. You got to get fucking Queen and Bowie in your face. You got to get fucking squeezed because you know why? Love is an old fashioned notion, right? Uh, and love dares you to care for the people on the edge of the night and love. I'm, what if I did that? All right, I won't. Um... So Randy contacted me to be in this fucking, She's like, you want to team up for this game show thing? And I'm just kind of like, yeah, I I can't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to know any of those people. I'm not going to go any of it at all. Uh, So that's why when I say I was talking to this 23 year old girl, like what would you ever have to talk to her about? I mean, I just, because here's the thing. Uh, what she would have to talk about is all of her enthusiasm for her coming life. Like literally she'd be like, I'm 23, I'm in a movie, I'm in a play, I'm a model. I've got all this stuff going on. People love me. I'm getting work. I'm beautiful. I can't wait for these great things to happen. And, uh, and all I'm sitting there doing is going, Hey, I'm still chasing the dream. I've been chasing for 40 years, 40 years. I've been chasing this dream and I hope to get it. But right now I'm driving you around. Like you just, you turned into the fucking Chapin song. It's just, it's just insanity. And you don't mean to be. It's just and, and 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 like look I'm not saying boo hoo I'm sad or anything's dead cuz I still do this fucking show and I got other plans and shit like that but in, I'm just saying in the, in the terms of a 51-year-old who's been chasing it and a 23-year-old who's in the middle of it, I and I and because I don't want to be that guy who drops all the knowledge of like, well, it's going to be hard, because she knows it's hard. She knows what she's doing, even though she's young, and she might have gotten a play in a fucking movie and stuff like that, but she knows because she's a songwriter, she's a dancer, she's multi-talented, and what she's doing too is she's putting a lot of fucking arrows in her quill, which is smart. Do that. Fill your fucking quill with arrows. Be a blues singer. Be a songwriter. Be a fucking dancer. Be an actress. Do all those great things, because that's when you bring so much the table because as i've said many other times to you guys i just talk which is a lie i can also write a little bit um but it's a matter of discipline and shit like that and work ethic and she had it and that's the thing is i gotta fucking grab it but also a 51 talking to a 23 that's just it's because you know she's calling me sir the whole time and she should that's i'm not one of those idiots who's like don't call me sir i work for a living duh don't call me sir that was my father i'm not mr schmidt that was my dad oh now fuck that man i'm 51 call me sir call me mister all that shit works it should I'm because your kids and also any kid who calls me, sir, good for them. Like I want to fucking meet their parents and shake their goddamn hand because that's what I was taught as a kid. Manners, be nice. All you got to do is be nice. That's the difference. Young. And, and again, here's like I said, here's the part where the old guy shows up. It's just like you see people not being nice. Then you see people excusing them not being nice because this this happened. All right, look, let's just fucking talk about it. I'm going to talk about this. Uh, you know, I got caught up on the Internet. Like I said, I was fucking doing nothing for a few days. And by a few days, I mean, five days. I just, I finished the show last Tuesday. I called Mexico, got the artwork squared away. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I did, I did nothing for those four days. I didn't even go out and drive until 11 o'clock Saturday night. And I, and I let my bank account get perilously low. I was, I was just that dude. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I got some money to play with. I didn't really. No, I didn't. You know, I, cause I had to survive. I survived on breakfast sandwiches the whole week. And when you say, Hey, Mike, a good breakfast sandwich. Nah, I was spending dollar fifties on breakfast jacks at fucking gym, uh, jack in the box. It's just ham, American cheese and a bun and you throw it in a fucking oven for fucking a minute and it heats up and you choke it down. It's literally just you're just it's just a salt lick. That's all the fucking thing is. But it's a dollar fifty and that's how poor people get fat. Because they fucking compromise their principles and they go, you know what? I'm not gonna cook. And I know fucking John's all the time. He's like, you know what, dude? If you went and bought a fucking head of lettuce, a tomato, and a cucumber, you could eat in salad for fucking two days. I'm like, yeah, probably. But there's no protein in a salad. And also, if I drive up to these guys' plake and they fucking I was gonna say place, I think I said plake. You drive up to their plake and they fucking just hand you. Because here's what I would do: I'd buy four breakfast jacks. I come home and eat one. Then I got three in the fridge. If I want to eat another, I we heat it up in two hours. What a fucking mess. What a hobo. You know who I am? I'm the fucking I'm like. Uh, I'm a weird combination of the fat guy in Seven who died with his face in a fucking bowl full of spaghettios. And I'm also the skinny guy in Seven who's tied to his bed and has air freshers all over the place. That's who I am. I'm like a guy who can't ever leave his apartment, but also dies because he's eating garbage food because he's been forced to do it. But I'm, I'm, I'm but also, I'm also Kevin Spacey in 7 because I made myself sit in the fucking chair and eat the fat guy food, and I made myself lay in the bed with the air fresheners and fucking stink up the joint, even though I'm taking showers every day. I did, I did take care of it because I am... Look... I might be a guy who doesn't care about himself, but I'm a guy who fastidiously will take care of himself hygienically because there's no, especially being a fat guy too, that, you don't want to let that go for too long. You go, you go two days without a shower and just forget it. You got somebody calling the cops because they think you're dead because bad things happen to fat dudes when they're fucking sweating. And also the fact that I have the air off. Like I finally turned the air off three days ago last week. I just, I was hermetically sealed. I just fucking sat here in this apartment and didn't fucking nothing. Heated up the Chinese food that I went and bought. I didn't even finish the Chinese food. Did I? Oh yeah, I did. I told you about that story. I went and bought it. So then I heated it up for like three or four days. You just eat up a fucking eat up some sesame beef and some rice you eat that you heat up some fucking lo mein you eat one or two bowls of that a day and you're fine you're living you're eating carbs then you go get some breakfast jacks you get those and you fucking stock your fridge with that this is how you fucking die folks if you want if you're looking for a tutorial on how to die this is it i'm spilling it for you i'm right now i'm laying it all out on the table for you you want to fucking die soon go ahead and do what i did last week give yourself permission to fail eat chocolate bars and breakfast jacks and fucking bowls of low main. just do that just choke it down why does the chicken at a chinese place always taste bad and don't write me and say it's a cat because i don't think it's a cat it's just drier it's just more dry than your regular chicken. And look, I know it's not moist. I don't know if they reheat it. I don't know if it's like space chicken. Like when you you see astronaut food, you ever buy that? That's the fucking weirdest thing. You ever sh- you go to a grocery store? That happens at Fry's. That's the weirdest shit is at Best Buy. Like when you're buying, you're like, hey, man, I'm going to buy a refrigerator and maybe a stove and I'll get a stereo. And then you get in line to leave. And they're like, would you like some astronaut food? <laughs> well, of course I would. That and an Us magazine, please. Don't impulse buy me. I just bought a fucking refrigerator. I hate when they do that. They sneak up on you with some bullshit on your way out hey you want some jerky no it's an electronics store motherfucker it'll be like chewing copper wire I don't want to bite into a USB cord that looks like fucking pemmican pork no thank you but sure enough they throw it right there in the fucking aisle because they're going to try to impulse buy you because they understand Best Buy knows psychology Fries no psychology Fries no is the worst like Best Buy at least has brands from this country or, or even from other countries that you recognize. You'll walk in and there's something from Plugistan and Fries. You're like, I don't even know what the fuck this is. He's like, Well, they're the, they're the number one contributor of Plugs in this country. You're like, Well, I gotta get a bowl of Plugs then. I'm sure I'll need those at my goddamn house. Now, is this like a plug? It is, but there's an umlaut. So it plugs into the wall? Yes, but it uses a European converter. You're gonna have to buy those. Those are in aisle 71 because Fries has a thousand aisles. Oh my Christ, how big is Fries? And then they're like, hey, let's make our whole store look like a goddamn uh, spaceship. Would you like that? Would you like it if there were aliens staring at you as you looked at our plugs? No, I don't want to be stared at by a fucking ET while I'm looking at a plugue. Take your room lot, take your ET, and fucking phone home. Leave me the fuck alone, man. I just, I came here for a wire. But then sure enough, you find your wire, you get a handful of plugs. you got ET fucking following you to the checkout, and you get into the checkout, and then there's dentine and chiclets and powdered fucking lick'em sticks. I don't want that shit. I don't want you to fucking impulse buy me on the way out. It's bad enough I had to buy plugs, motherfucker. You're just fucking hosing me with some electronics from Brazil. These people are not known for putting together a fucking plug, but yet, I mean Ikea, I go buy a plug. there's an umlaut. In Brazil, they don't know what an umlaut is. It just looks like a snake bite. Fuck. But then you go to fries, they try to trick it. You get into that astronaut food is there. So I think that's what that chicken is. When you go to a Chinese joint, you bite it and it's kind of like, it's got that crispiness, like kind of a, but not a fried, delicious crispiness, more of a suspect. Has this been sitting on a countertop crispiness? It, it's like, it's like biting into coral reef. You know what I mean? It's got like kind of that, it just collapses in on itself like a star, <laughs> like a black hole or a star. You bite it and it's like, it's almost like eating a, like a, like a, you know when you eat waffle cone? And it's got that crispy crunch. But, but imagine if you just ate a dense, full-on waffle cone that wasn't empty. It wasn't a hollow and filled with ice cream. It was just like, it was just fucking, like if you made, if you took waffle cones and made them into French fries, wow, I think a, I just might have invented a fat guy snack for the ages. If you just took waffle cone batter and you made it into French fries and you dipped it in ice cream, holy fuck, call Cold Stone. Somebody get them in the goddamn, no, oh, fuck that, call Fries. I'll impulse buy the shit out of fat people with fucking waffle cone fries and an ice cream dip. Holy macaroni! I just made a million dollars. And again, I did it right from my green bedroom. I didn't have to fucking even leave the joint. See? It made sense to put a desk in here. I just invented waffle cone fries and an ice cream dipping sauce, and I just fucking made tons of money off fat guys all over the fucking universe. Eh, universe, that might be a stretch. I don't know if any fat guys are coming from Pluto to eat my waffle cone fries with an ice cream dipping sauce. I'm sure they perfected it out there. They're ETs. They got it all squared away. Uh... But yeah, man. So then that space chicken—it's just like fucking. I—I I don't know. It's just because it, it, you ever make the mistake. Because sometimes you eat chicken and it's bitter. You ever eat a bitter chicken? I hate that, man. When you eat, if there's like a. I like going to a place because there's zanku chicken out here or el pollo loco, and the chicken's fairly fresh because they're churning it over and they're very busy. But if you ever walk into one of those joints and it's empty, you don't you don't want to eat a chicken from the morning. Like I used to work at Pizzeros Pizza and we would cook fucking rotisserie chicken. So you'd put the chickens in right when I got in there. We put them at eleven o'clock so they'd be ready for the lunch rush because they took like a half hour, forty minutes to cook. So they'd be done. You'd take them out. You'd put them out. And if someone wanted a quarter chicken, you you know hacked it off. They got a half chicken or a whole chicken, whatever the fuck, and they sat in the warmer. But then. Those chickens would basically sit in the warmer if they didn't sell, and we'd keep them in there till like two thirty, three o'clock. So, I mean, that's like, that's four hours worth of warmer chicken, and that's not good. You ever sit in a hot tub for four hours? You're not at your best. So, imagine a chicken who sits in a goddamn hot tub for four hours, because that's all that thing is. It's all moist when you put it in there, but then it's losing its moistness under the the orange rays of death that it has to sit in there with the fucking warmer. And it already, it's already been stabbed with the prong, so it looks like it's got an umlaut in the, both of the breasts. So, it's already embarrassed for itself. And then it's just feeling sad because I read that you can eat sadness that we, I talked about this on the show where it's like, they're talking about, Hey man, if you got chickens like on top of one another in a cage and you eat them, you inherit their sadness. And I don't know if that's some millennial bullshit or whatever the fuck, but it, you know, it's, it's worth a try. I don't want to eat sadness. I've eaten enough of my own sadness over 51 fucking years. Look at me for fuck's sake. So the last thing I want to do is take on a chicken's fucking woes. I don't want to do that via a delicious dinner. Hey, I'm going to go get a quarter chicken dark and eat all of his woes, all of his fears that his chicken son won't get to go a good college. I got to eat that. Fuck that, man. That's terrible. I don't want to eat fucking chicken Santas. Uh, which, by the way, was it? Golden Chopsticks, and that's what I was going to order that night because that was you know shrimp with lobster sauce or chicken sadness. You know they had chicken three fortunes or whatever the fuck they always had those weird flavors. Uh, and I don't even know what three fortunes is or a jackpot chicken or that nonsense. And it's like, you're like, what is jackpot chicken? Oh, it's very good. Is it really? All right, I'll take it then. It sounds like uh, you know why you know why it's jackpot chicken because it's cost seven dollars and seventy seven cents. God damn it! Look where I brought you guys into a jackpot joke with a triple seven finish. Uh, so again, I'm old and I talked to this 23 year old woman and she was beautiful. And I don't want to say her name, of course, because it was a unique name and I don't want you looking her up. Although it's not, I didn't get her last name. So it's not like you could look up beautiful 23 year old with his name. Although maybe you could, I don't know. I didn't look for her branding, uh, but when I dropped her off, it felt good. I felt good that she was excited and ready to tackle the world. You know what I mean? I had, I had, had a, uh, I, I picked up another girl that and this chick, dude, I picked her up at a fucking bar in Santa Monica, I picked her up by herself late on Saturday night. And she was gorgeous. But she literally, because uh, this, this other girl was really beautiful and, uh, and like long legs, dancer legs, and she's wearing a red dress, like a red coat or whatever the fuck. She was really beautiful. But this, this other girl looked like weird movie stereotype beautiful. Because, well, well, what, all right, let's put it this way. I will tell you where she was from. And, you'll, and so I'll bet you can see her in your brain right now. Uh, I picked her up and it turns out she's only lived in Los Angeles for five weeks. She came from Alabama right after graduating university of Alabama because she wants to be an actress. Uh, that, I mean, so now you know what she looks like. I guarantee it. Like, let's put it this way. She was blonde, like seriously blonde, almost platinum blonde. And I bet you can fill in the rest. Just fucking like, like painted on charcoal, black jeans and fucking heels. And she, she had everything, but the fucking, the Miss Alabama sash on. I mean, she looked, you know, what she looked like, honestly, she looked like the fucking uh, Miss America's Dairyland that I went down on when I was in the fucking hotel a million years ago. Just this blonde creature that was just, just doesn't. she doesn't even, like, if space people came and they'd say, take me to your leader, you'd all point at her and go, yeah, she looks like the best of us, right? And, and you don't even cared about what's in her brain or what she brought from Alabama or any of that. Because again, look, this chick graduated with a degree in marketing, but she came here to be an actress. And she's like, yeah, my parents are cutting me off in January, so I'm going to give it my best shot. And I'm like, well, I got news for you. I don't know if four months in Hollywood is your best shot, but good for you. Uh, and she goes, no, I just mean in January, I'll have to get a job, you know, but I, I'll probably go back to Alabama if I don't make it by then. I'm like, well... Um, If you want to give me your card, I'll be back to pick you up to take you to LAX on December 31st because there's no fucking way you're going to be a successful actress by January. But maybe she is. I don't know because she was telling me she's like, oh, I, uh, you know, I'm doing this and it's really hard out here. You know, I'm trying to get auditions and trying to find an agent, you know, and and she's got that lilt in her voice. And I mean, look, she's incredibly beautiful. And and uh, and probably going to get discovered. Well, first of all, she's going to get discovered by every fumbling idiot in the bar with a card that says he's a producer. You should give me a call. And I'm sure she's going to get to try out a whole bunch of couches if she wants to before January. But it just... It struck me as so again. Like she was like the typical story. Like like I think she thought she'd come out here and she'd go down to the soda fountain and get discovered by the guys by the Warner the actual Warner Brothers. Not even the guys from Warner Brothers. She thought the actual Warner Brothers would be in Walgreens at the fucking soda fountain and would go, "Hey, how you doing there, Blondie? What's up, Alabama? We're gonna toss you in several films immediately. But first, let's spit roast over a root beer float." Uh, how many Warner Brothers are there? Could they spit roast her? Or, or is she just going to get fucking totally, she, she has to get it back to penguin from all of them. It's got to be like five Warner Brothers, right? Uh, but she's here to make it, man. She's got till January. So who knows? I, and I, look, I don't mean to cast aspersions. She was lovely and we had a great chat. And, but I will tell you this, I tried to to embolden her. Listen to what I did. Cause I'm this fucking idiot. And I didn't do this in a bragging way. I did this in a nice way to try to reach out to somebody and go, Hey, it can be done. Because she's telling me, she, yeah, you know, it's really, it's a big town, but I love it. And I love the people I've met, but I don't know. I don't know the first place to get started. You know, I just got my headshot, so I'm excited about that. But, you know, I got till January and I want to try and get an agent. And I listen to her and I go, well, it's, I go, it's a hard thing. I go, but, you know, maybe you go to showcases. There's all sorts of things like that. And you can take classes and you wind up getting, uh, you know, the, and she's like, well, I, I don't know. I asked around and I'm I'm trying to figure out exactly what to do. You know, I'm going, I'm networking at these these parties, at these bars. And I'm just like, you're not, you're not fucking networking. Seriously. I mean, if you're, if you're looking for a cock in the mouth. I mean, yeah. Then go to the bars and network with these wannabe producer types. I mean, I just, and maybe I'm wrong, you know, maybe she'll get on a reality show and be fucking and she'll kill it. I don't, I have no idea. She'll just be, she'll be like the, the, the new Reese Witherspoon or whatever the fuck that sweet home Alabama movie was. She'll be that chick. She'll wear a fucking pink suit with a pillbox hat. She'll jack O the fuck at everybody and just fucking she'll kill America with her drawl and good for her. But in the car, I tried to reach out to her and I'm like, Hey, here's the deal. Uh, you know, I said, and she's like, uh, I said, I'm from Chicago. And she's like, Oh, how long you been out here? I said, I've been at her a very long time. Probably as long as you've been alive. Uh, I said, I moved out here in 97. She's like, Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, and I think she was 20, she was also 22 or 23. And I said, but here's the thing. I, I will tell you this. I first moved here in 1997, and uh, you know, you're know, you saying it's hard, and you're networking, and you're doing all this. Like it. When I first moved here to town, uh, I had a couple of job interviews that didn't pay off, and then I got a job in a restaurant. I told my wife when we first moved down here, I said, I will work hard. We'll make as much money as we possibly can. We'll do whatever we can to break ass and survive. I said, but I worked in this restaurant for you know three weeks, and I was working 12, 13-hour shifts. I said, one day, I finally came home. I sat in a hot bath, the hottest bath I could possibly run, and I just sat there. I said, I wasn't getting clean. I was just thinking. And then my wife came home from her seasonal job, and I said, said, listen to me, I, I just, I need to quit. I know I promised I would come here and I would work my ass off and I promise you that I will. I will go tomorrow. If I go and put my notice in and I quit this job, if you let me just quit, I will go and I will apply at every extras place and I will do extra work every single day. I said, it's, it's, you know, it's only like 90 bucks for eight hours. I said, until I can somehow be in, in the agents or in the union and we'll see if that can work. And I said, but you never know, I, but I will, I will work. It'll be like a full-time job to be an extra every single day. And my then wife looked at me and said, okay, I believe in you go do it And she she at this point she didn't say anything She didn't say she said she'd done some extra work and I said, okay, I went to these agencies and I said, so, uh, I said Here's the thing. I, uh, I went to apply for the agencies And like the fourth agency I went to a guy discovered me I go, I know it sounds weird, but a guy came up to me. He's like, what are you doing here? I said i'm signing up to be an extra he looked at me and I said, granted at the time I was a particular size. So I fit exactly what they were looking for. He said, come with me. He took me to a movie set and I got cast in a movie. And she goes, Oh, I said, yeah, I was, I, so I'm telling you that it can happen. I wound up working in this movie for three months. It had, it had some effort the time, some big stars and it. it was directed by a big director. And she goes, Oh, okay. Dudes. Oh, okay. That's all I got out of fucking Alabama. I just told you that your dream could possibly come true and and that mine came true in the weirdest fucking way. Here's the thing. Here's how I know. This is how self-involved this drawling fucking chick was. She doesn't ask me who the directors were. What the... She didn't ask me what the fucking movie was. She didn't say who the stars were. She didn't ask a fucking thing. And granted, I understand. You're, you're 22 and you're incurious and you're used to guys drooling all over you and chasing your ass. But I'm giving you some fucking logic here, man. I'm trying to give you, I'm putting cheese right in the fucking mousetraps so you can put and reach in there and grab it for yourself. I'm telling you, your dream can come true. I'm telling you that you've only been here a short amount of time and I was here only a short amount of time and I got exactly what you fucking wanted and it set me on my way. I said, I got my union card. I worked on this thing and I wound up joining SAG immediately because that opens up a whole lot of doors for getting an agent and doing an Oh, just looks at her phone. Like, I mean, just doesn't fucking, I I say, and and then, and look, I, I, I knew that she probably wasn't serious when she said she was giving it until January to give it her best shot because she's only out here as long as mommy and daddy's money runs. And then, like I said, two days later, last night is when Monday night is when I met this other girl who's, who's got a full house. This other chick comes in. She doesn't even have, she's got high card. That chick from Alabama doesn't even have a pair. She's got a high card and she's hoping to play it. And she's she's her that's what her deck is stacked against is a twenty three year old blues singer, dancer, songwriter, actor, who is in a fucking play and a movie right now, and and is recording an album. That's someone who hustles. That's someone who gets it done. And when I talked to her last night, I enjoyed hearing from her because again, it was infectious to hear her hustle, to hear her dream, to hear her pursuit of it and her making it come true. She came from St. Louis. She was amazing. She's like, "Yeah, I came from St. Louis and I'm doing this." And she's try- and she had all these different things going on. And I contrasted that with just 3 nights ago talking to another girl who 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 thought she'd come here and get a haircut and a manicure and be in Ryan Gosling's next movie. And it, it's just that's that's this town, man. That's the difference in it. And, and, and you see it and you just, you're disgusted by it. But at the same time, you hold out hope for the people that are 23, who are breaking their ass and are going to make it work. Now I know you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, if we had more 23 year olds who cared about saving the planet than their own fucking shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear that. Everybody's got a dream and they should be able to fucking pursue it. Again, contrast that woman I picked up last night with, I, I, I did another ride. I picked up three people and I, you know who I picked up in, and I'll just, I'll describe it to you. I picked up America. That's what, that's who I picked up. I picked up these four people. It was two women and two men. And the two women were, the, the one woman was just, you know, she weighed over 240 pounds easily. She was a big girl. And she was wearing, but here's the thing, I don't. if you're big, I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter to me. That's fine. Whatever you've done with your life, if that's the way you want to be, or you're struggling to not be that way and it just turned out that way and you're fighting it, good. Good for you. I hope it works out. But she was wearing like a sundress. Dude, You know what it looked like? It looked like you took a sundress and tried to put it on the actual fucking sun. I mean, this girl, she's just spilling out of this fucking thing. She just, she just was a mess. And, uh, and she got her hair all pulled back in like a ponytail and she got a pierced lip and a pierced septum. And it's like, man, you just, that's the kind of shit that like exotic, beautiful women can pull off. And, and, uh, uh all right, look, I know I'm going to get letters and people are going to be fucking mad at me. Anybody can pull it off. Look the way you want to look. I don't fucking care. But she got in the car, her friend was uh the only I could I would just say that she looked aggressively lesbian. I mean that's how I would describe it. She had like a butch cut. Um but 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 they were but she wasn't they weren't gay, but the two guys they were with were absolutely gay and I would describe them as beautiful. Like they were just lovely men with like creamy complexions and gorgeous cheekbones. And so these two girls are hanging out with them obviously because they Uh, I don't know if they all hit it off on the right level. I look, I don't know, but they got in the car and they were awful people. The, the big girl got in the car next to me and she's just coughing and coughing. And she's just like, yeah, I just, I've been sick for a couple weeks now. And I'm like, cover your fucking mouth, man. I didn't say it to her. I just wanted to get them the fuck out of my car. But then they added two stops. You know, they're like, hey, we're going to go to this house. We got to pick this up and then we're going to stop. Can we go? We got to get a two liters of wine coolers because we got a pregame on the way to Hollywood Boulevard. And they they, They were too young to get into bars or maybe they didn't get into bars. I don't fucking know because they start telling stories. The girl behind me with the fucking brush cut is like, yeah, last time I was done, you fuckers better not leave me again. You know, I woke up and I was just I was thrown up in the gutter and I was alone, you know, because fucking Sam left me there. And they will start laughing. They're like, oh, Sam's a fucking cunt, man. <laughs> and I'm like, you are awful people. You're just terrible. And like I said, just, just America thought they were entitled to things that they shouldn't get just gross. And, uh, and look, a certain subsection section of America, not all of America. Like I said, I talked to this beautiful girl from St. Louis who was trying really hard to be fucking something. Uh, and even Alabama's trying to be something. Granted, she's got mommy. She, she could've been America too. She got a She got mom and dad paying her way. That's, that's, that's American these days. Uh, but these four, man, they looked like have they could have used parents or a role model or a Sherpa or something or a fucking slap. Cause just, they were coughing and the girl behind me, she's coughing too. And she's like, I've had this cough for like three weeks, man. I don't know what's going on, you know? And then they're, they're not covering their mouths. And then dudes, here's the thing. They started talking about boys, you know? So it's the two girls, of course, who love boys. That's how I knew they weren't gay. And then the gay guys who are of course gay and they love boys. So they, uh, they asked if they could play their music. So I fucking let them plug it in and they start dudes. This is what they play. They play, do you know who six, nine is, you know, fucking DJ what fucking MC six, nine, whatever you want to fucking call them. Him and and uh, Lil Zan, you know who that is. These are the, you know what they are. It's just these are face tattoos who have recording contracts. That's all they are. They're not even people at this point. They're just face tattoos who who somehow become sentient and decided to record albums. And these this is who listens to them. These people who've been sick for three weeks and won't take any medicine and wear clothes that are ill fitting. And it was just, I'm driving them. They're stopping then they get the wine coolers. They wanted to open them in my car. And I'm like, no, you can't open the fuck. You can't drink in my car. You can't. Well, it's an Uber. And I go, yeah, I know, but it's open container. You can't drink in the car. Oh man, we're going to have to drink these down in Hollywood then. Yes, yes, you are. You absolutely are. And Jesus Christ, I can't wait to get to fucking Hollywood. But I just, I didn't talk. Um, because I just listened. I listened in on their conversation as they, they bitched about their friends and they bitched about people who were mean to them and they bitched about their parents and then they, they talked about how fine six nine was and how what they wanted to do with him and how they all wanted to fucking have sex with him and they wanted to have sex with little Xan and and uh, and they loved their music and how fucking talented they were and how fucking unbelievable it was and you know now finally Nicki Minaj was doing a song with with uh, with six nine so everybody would know how great he was he was breaking out but they also they were pissed because they were going to lose him because they liked him before anybody else liked him and now he's going to be mainstream and they're going to fucking lose 6ix9ine because he's going to get to be famous and in my head i'm like man 6ix9ine ain't going to be famous he's going to be dead he's going to be as dead as extantation because somebody's going to put up a bullet in his fucking grill and and because then that's the thing is like 6ix9ine is like you listen to him rap he's got he's got a grill and you can't even understand what the fuck he's saying and i do again i'm old i'm an old person i get it i understand that but jesus christ lil xan is named after xanax and, and he had some song they played, I think it was called betrayed and they're playing it and they're singing the song. They they know the words and it's like, uh, Zan will betray you. Zan will take you. Zan won't play you. I don't know. They're fucking, but they're singing it out loud. And, uh, and they, they're they talking about how he has an anti-drug message. And I'm like, his name is Lil Zan after Xanax. I thought this was on anti-drug to me. So then I had to look the fucking guy up and then I see what he looks like. I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. Right. You're kidding me with this guy. And it turns out that he, I guess he was addicted to Xanax for two years, but he's only 20 or whatever the fuck. He was addicted to Xanax for two years and he took that as his fucking rap name, but now he wants to change his name to Diego, but he's famous as Lil Xan. I'm like, dude, there's a Wikipedia page on this fucking guy and I'm reading it. I don't know who's worse, him for having a Wikipedia, no him, the guy who created his Wikipedia page, or me for fucking reading the whole thing jesus christ and he's like he's doing songs with like miley cyrus's kid or, or I, I don't even know who the fuck it is like it was a cyrus it's one of the cyruses i don't know if, if miley has a daughter now or she's got a fucking uh, a sister but whoever it is apparently boning lil xan and doing songs with him and 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 i saw the guy and he's just he's got a fucking tattoo on his eye and tattoos on his hands and it's just in the video he's just he just he looks like a child he looks like he needs a nap and when I say a nap, I mean, he looks like he needs to be locked in a sarcophagus and get about 30 years of sleep so he can wake up and look at a mirror and go, man, what the fuck did I do to myself? Jesus Christ. And I'm sure he makes that money. That's because that's all it is. And I, I was, I was talking about six, nine to somebody. And I was trying to explain six, nine to Lenny, my brother. And he's like, I don't even know the fuck that is. Because I I, We were talking about Lil Tay too. Lil Tay is like an eight year old girl who's on Instagram with like Lamborghinis and shit. And she swears and says, bitch and motherfucker. And I'm like, whatever the fuck I don't. And again, man, I was a kid. I had dumb fucking music that I liked, that I liked people that everybody... Th- I mean, people thought Madonna was rebellious when I was a kid. Now Madonna's got a grill in like 6'9", and she's pissing off people because she can't talk about Aretha Franklin for five seconds without talking about her own bullshit. Did you see that nonsense? I only saw it on Twitter, because again, somebody said the VMAs were on this week, and I'm like, why do they... Did they even do the V's anymore? You can do the MAs, that's fine. I didn't, but I... I mean, I didn't even think the V or the M was still involved in that channel. Isn't it just an endless series of people trying to just log roll and ride fucking rafts down the rapids in in an extreme rules challenge? I thought that's all MTV was these days, but I think they've made some videos. I guess that's what I've heard. So I, I don't know, man, I don't know what the fuck to do. I feel so old, so fucking old. And, And, and it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And social media doesn't fucking help dudes. I went on social media this week. This totally fucking happened. Some, some fucking, cause this is when, and this is when I say it's over and I don't mean it's over because Trump's a dick and people love Trump and whatever the fuck I and mean, all the shit that happened today. And he had a rally where he just, he looked like fucking, he's on fumes, that fucking guy. He's ready to just pack it in. And I don't know who the fuck is laughing at his bullshit. And, and I'm sure people say the same thing to you when you listen to me, but again, I don't purport to be the fucking president of the guy in the goddamn States. I'm an idiot in a green room, but I'm talking and you might like my rants or whatever the fuck, or maybe you don't, or maybe you think I'm an idiot. Who the fuck cares? I don't care. So don't listen. But with Trump, you see him get out there, he talks like today's fucking rally was like over an hour and he's out there talking about turkeys and bullshit and he's doing the same shit over again, lock her up and put Hillary in jail. And I mean, and talking about the election and like, man, who's going to those rallies? I look, if you like him, if your 401k is better, you're making more money, whatever the fuck. I'm not going to challenge you on that. That's you've made your line in the sand. That's fine. That's the shit you care about and he made that work for you. That's fine. But who thinks he's cool? Who thinks he's funny? Who thinks anything he's doing is interesting or smart? I mean, I I guess he's he's trolling people or owning the libs or whatever the fuck you want to say. But he gives these fucking speeches and he says the same shit over and over. I, I replied to a guy on Twitter because the guy's just like, I read that Trump supporters like him because he can finish his punchlines, and I'm like, no, I look, I get why they like him. OK, I get let's put it this way. I don't, I don't want to say I get why they like him, because, I mean, that gets into a whole fucking rat's nest of racism and other, other bullshit. And, and again, money and 401ks and whatever the fuck he makes you feel strong. Good. He's a strong man. He's, he's making America great again. Good for you. Whatever the fuck you think. However, I can understand the rallies. OK, as a guy who was in a room with the president of the United States, I get it. The fucking vibe is crazy. Like, I didn't know fuck all about Reagan until now. I know now he was a fucking piece of shit. But back then, I just knew the president was coming. They landed a fucking helicopter outside my school. He came in, he gave a fucking speech. We gave him a football jersey, which he held up. He knew who we were, he knew who my town was. It felt amazing. I was just like, Jesus Christ, the president of the fucking United States came to my high school and I got to watch him talk. That's insane. Uh, because it just, it took something on a global level and made it local, which is incredible. So I understood the rallies. If he goes to Iowa or he goes to West Virginia, he's, he still has a certain amount of cachet. Because look at this. Not only, look, those people, when they go to the fucking rally, it's not even that he's the president. That's the guy from The Apprentice. That's the guy who was on Saturday Night Live. Donald Trump has been famous for 40 fucking years, it seems like. Let's see, 2018, 88, 98, 2000. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say 40 years he's been famous. 30 years, 88, <laughs> I don't think 78. I mean, he was around in 78 in New York. He was New York famous then working with the mob and busting people out and not letting black people in his fucking apartments. But then you get into the fucking 80s. And then, like I said, he's in Spy Magazine all the time. They're making fun of him. Like I said, short fingered vulgarian. That's what they called him all the fucking time. But then he's in fucking Home Alone and he's on Saturday Night Live and he's on Howard Stern all the time. He's a celebrity. So you, if you live in fucking coal town, like literally you walk out of the coal mine, you take your first fresh breath of the day when anything different is going to happen in that fucking town. When I was a kid, dude, I lived in fucking Brook. at night. I just drove just to escape. I just, I didn't even leave Brook, but I was escaping my house. I was escaping the jail that had been made for me by being a young person who lived in a small place. So I was able to climb into a car and be free. I'd roll all the windows down. I'd play my music loud and I'd fucking sing at fucking midnight or one in the morning. When I finally got my driver's license, I would drive my mom's Buick Regal all over the fucking place just because just to escape, just to feel like I had some ounce of freedom. So if you work in a coal mine and you have no hope, if you work in some fucking dead-end town, you work at a Walmart, you're a fucking checker and you don't have insurance or you got three kids or your dad's a meth addict or whatever the fuck, you're looking for any sort of hope. You're looking for anything that would be a beacon, looking for anything that would make it look like the world cared about you or thought about you. So when a celebrity, let alone the fucking president, is going to come to your town, I get the rallies and then when you get in there you get caught up in it you get caught up in the locker up you get caught up in the fucking you know drain the swamp or the you know you're yelling at the press because they're mean to the guy who you think thinks of you you think they're mean to the guy who you think actually cares for you but if you thought for one second you'd realize this fucking guy doesn't care about you he's coming to your town to use you as a photo op and also you're the only motherfuckers who will now let him talk for an hour and 15 minutes and cheer and yell and laugh and he needs that you're his fucking heroine. you're his fucking hit you're his meth because otherwise he's sitting in his fucking bedroom in the fucking white house, eating Big Macs and watching TV where everybody calls him a dumb fuck. Even today, he talked about how the elites didn't like him anymore. The elites don't want him. And he's like, I'm super elite. I got a fucking apartment on fifth Avenue. You know what it made me think of fucking Randy Watson from sexual chocolate. And he goes, you're all so lovely. Everybody's so lovely here tonight. let just give yourselves a round of applause for showing up. That's what, that's what Trump is. He's just a fucking dope coming out and doing the same old fucking act poorly, but unfortunately he doesn't realize he's got to change it up. You know, in the beginning, like I said, I got the rallies, people went, uh, this, this president was coming to their small town and they cheered and they they got swept up in it, it was a communal thing, they waited in line, and they got to yell, and to them it's sports, man, our guy, our team, baha, you fucking lost, we're going to rub it in, we're going to go cheer for our guy and cheer for our team, but if your team runs the same offense fucking 10 months in a row, 11 months in a row, 2 years in a row, 10 years in a fucking row, and they come to town and they don't make any fucking changes on it, and you got to watch the same tired fucking act, how are you enjoying that? Even today the crowd seemed fucking dead. Because, you know, look, take away the fact that the Twin Towers got fucking taken down today. Literally, that was like a fucking 9-11 of political indictments and convictions today as both Manafort and fucking Cohen get schooled off on eight counts each. And then he's in the air going, I love West Virginia. I can't wait to get there and talk. And then, of course, he avoids it when he doesn't fucking bring it up. Because why would he bring it up? Because he's a chicken shit. He doesn't want to fucking talk about it. But even those people were fatigued today. I could tell. They started, it, look, they chanted drain the swamp. They chanted locker up. They yelled. They laughed. They did all the fucking things. But I watched him and he was, he's falling apart, man. That dude is just, that. the painting in the attic is just rotting and he is falling apart in front of your very fucking eyes. That guy does not have it going on. He's not, he's shrewd, but he's not smart. Like he's that guy. He's a grifter. He's a con man. So he can have somebody screaming in my fucking yard. That's not good. I don't know if they're shouting at me, but I got the windows open because it's hot. So you got to fucking deal with that. But, man, he's shrewd, but he's not smart. Like, he might be clever, but he's not, he's not intelligent. He's a grifter. He's a con man. He knows what he needs to do and what buttons he needs to push to float through. Because that's what he's always done. You grease a palm. You make money. You buy, you buy off the bad guys, and you fucking make it work. And that's what he's doing. But then when he goes to see these people, they've invested so much trust in him, and he's letting them down. Coal mining is down. It's not coming back. And he fucking, he talks about building steel plants. He keeps saying, we build seven, eight, t- ten. I think they've built two. He's talking about the wall going up, and it's not. They've got a couple of fences up. But he keeps saying this shit, and people keep emboldening him. But I know they're going to see through it. I really believe that. Eventually, because even today, they looked tired. Because the news, and look, you can only blame the media so many fucking times before you realize that Cohen admitted what he fucking did. The media did not make Cohen plead guilty. He didn't fucking do it. And Manafort just fucking, he's going on trial again next month. This is all getting done all over again. They're going to get sentenced and go to fucking prison, man. Fucking prison. Do I think Trump's going to prison? I don't. But again, I feel like an old person because I, I understand these people. They want hope. They're reaching out, and so they go and they and they they see a celebrity paying attention to them. A celebrity comes to their town, and it's easy to get caught up in it. But when I see them now repeating the same catchphrases and him talking about the election all over again and talking about Hillary's emails, who the fuck cares? I saw the other day on Fox they were trying to say something about Robert Mueller is linked to Benghazi. I, I got news for I got two words for you. What's Benghazi? I don't even fucking know anymore. I I think it was a movie with the guy from The Office. That's about it. But that shit should be fucking dead in the water. Quit trying to exhume corpses and put them on trial. It's fucking finished. Your guy's in office doing bad shit now and fucking realize that. But they keep trying to tie these other people into this other fucking nonsense. And look, I know I'm on a soapbox here and I apologize. But you know what? Go back to earlier in the show. We talked about an umlaut. That was fun, wasn't it? Remember, Umlaut's a funny word. Let's talk about that. I don't know, man. Like I said, I have no hope. I think it's over. I feel that way. And I just, I don't, I, it's a lot of damage to undo. There's been a lot of damage to fucking undo. And like I said, it's not even Trump and Republican versus Democrat because I've talked to a bunch of my socialist friends and they've explained to me that Obama killed the entire fucking nation of Yemen with a drone. And I mean, I, I don't know who to trust anymore. I don't know what's good or bad. I know rich people suck and I know I'm doing the best I fucking can. And and you hold out hope for the youth, but then the youth step on their dick. I see the youth of America in my car trying to drink fucking wine coolers on the run and talking about throwing up in a gutter at the age of 23 and coughing. And I mean, look, when I was 23, I was a fuck up. I've told you stories I did, but Jesus Christ, you just hope you wish you pray. If there's anything, you pray. I don't know if you, you believe in a fucking man in the sky or some tiki idol or whatever the fuck. You just hope that things are going to get better, man. And it's all you can do, though. You can care about yourself. You care about the rest of the world, but you care about yourself. And if you make yourself better and you keep your family and your loved ones and your friends close and safe and you try to make them better, then then your world is better. And that's all we can hope for, man. Just make it good. Make it make it clean. I see young people. Like, I, I dude... Again, social media is a fucking poison. I'm involved in it. I love it to a certain extent because I like information, but at the same time, I see people stepping on their dicks all the fucking time and I go, how the fuck could you do that to yourself? Why are you doing that? It makes no fucking sense. I saw this, this happened. (laughs) There was some, some woman got a fucking job. I, you know, I I don't know if she's a furry or whatever you want to fucking call her. A furry to me is incidental to the whole fucking thing. But some woman on Twitter, she's like, Hey, I wound up getting a job at NASA And everybody's like, well, that's pretty cool, you know, or whatever the fuck. But what she did she didn't say, I have a job at NASA. She was like, everyone shut the fuck up. I got accepted for a NASA internship. Now I get that. You know what that is? That's like a, that's a version of Elaine going, get out and pushing you in the chest on Seinfeld. She was excited and fun. Everyone shut the fuck up. I got accepted for a NASA internship, internship. Good for her. And I guess she's a furry and whatever the fuck she else is going on Twitter. That's fine. Good for her. But then there's a guy named Homer Hickam. And, uh, and he, a day later, I guess, I don't know if NASA told him or somebody told him that this woman said this about NASA or whoever it was. And I, uh, and look, I don't even know who the fuck Homer Hickam is. I got no clue. I had to look him up. He's another guy. Now I'll tell you what, he is more worthy of a Wikipedia page than fucking Lil Zan. I'll tell you that Homer Hickam is, uh, he works for NASA. He trained the astronauts in Japan. He fucking wrote a memoir, uh, which, which is a bestseller. And then they made October Sky about it. He's a fucking Vietnam veteran, won the Bronze Star. I mean, literally this guy in a week did more than I've done in my lifetime. He's just that fucking guy. So he comes in on Twitter and it's, and it's a day later. It wasn't like it was like the second it happened. It wasn't an Ed Grimley fucking the, the night before Christmas where he opens the door and they tell him to get the bed quick like that on top of it. She's like, everyone shut the fuck up. I got accepted for a NASA internship. And then Homer Hickam writes her one tweet. He replies to her and he just writes, language uh that's all he said language you know, because she she's like because and and the way i interpret it because again i'm 51 years old and i don't even know who the fuck homer hickam is like i said but if someone did that to me granted it's twitter so everybody's got their fucking hackles up and they're ready to throw hands at all fucking times but if some dude came in and said that to me i would probably look up to see who he was i'd at least click on his profile to see who he was before i responded Uh, but instead our friend who wound up getting the internship at NASA went, uh, this is what she tweeted to Homer Hickam, Vietnam veteran, bronze star haver, uh, the man who trained the astronauts and who works for NASA now. And, uh, she wrote, suck my dick and balls. I'm working at NASA. And, uh, and and like I said, I understand her instinct to do something like that because she's young and fucking stupid. And that's what Twitter leads you to do. Uh, and then she, and then he wrote back and I am on the national space council that oversees NASA. So at that point you would think somewhere inside of yourself, you would go, Oh, uh, I might've fucked up here. I made, have, I might've made a big mistake, but, um, it's 2018 folks and social media. Nobody makes mistakes. The president doesn't apologize. Why the fuck should anybody else apologize? So her furry group clan, Wolf pack, whatever the fuck you want to call them, they start going after Homer Hickam on Twitter, telling him he jerks off to the moon, telling him his own kids fucking hate him, and he shouldn't come in and start yelling at a woman and saying shit on Twitter. And uh, NASA finds out, and then they take away her internship. Now, do I think NASA should have taken away her internship if she was qualified for the internship? No, I don't. However, As I covered in year one of this podcast, I'm going to say it was year one because I distinctly remember saying it at Lily's dining room table at her old house with her husband. Don't do dumb shit if you don't want dumb shit to happen to you. And I remember distinctly the story I told. It was a guy who ran on the field at a fucking baseball game. He got tackled and he was going to sue the team because they hurt him when they fucking arrested him. Hey, don't do dumb shit if you don't want dumb shit to happen to you. So... Don't tell a guy who works on the national space council and has worked for NASA to suck your dick in balls because you're an intern at the, basically the, the program that he, he was, he's been with his entire life. Like, just don't do it. Click on it. Just, just a Monica. I'm asking you to think for one second. Twitter doesn't allow you to think social media doesn't allow you to think and you got to look cool. And it's all schoolyard bullshit. So you gotta go suck my dick in balls. I work at NASA. Um, you don't know who that fucking... And, and also, by the way, let's deal with this. If you're going to work for NASA, shouldn't you know who Homer Hickam is? Shouldn't you know the name? I mean, after reading who he is and how important he was to NASA and to the space program in this country, into uh, to the world, you, that's a name you should know. Or at least a name you should recognize and go, maybe I should check this guy out before I tell him to suck my dick and balls in a public forum. Now, again, I understand the frivolousness of youth, I understand the exuberance of somebody who just got their dream job, and I also understand the anonymity of Twitter lends itself to you saying shit to people that you wouldn't say to them in public. So of course you're going to tell some stranger to suck your dick and balls. I mean, I think maybe you should do some little investigative work and see exactly who that fucking guy is because he might be somebody important at the place where you just got a fucking job, but what do I know? But then like I said, all of her friends double down and come after him. She loses the internship. Now, you would think at that point people would go, "Oh man, the Don't do dumb shit if you don't want dumb shit to happen to you. This sucks. Instead, uh, they all start coming even more for Homer Hickam. And they, and they start, and they change it around into, hey, uh, Homer from the patriarchy. Maybe you shouldn't come into her mentions, which is basically like coming into a private conversation and telling her that she shouldn't say something. Why is an old white man getting to tell a woman what she can and can't do? I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a fucking minute. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You're going to double and triple and quadruple down and yelling at this fucking guy. Yeah. She lost her gig because she did something stupid in a public forum. And I'll tell you this: Homer Hickam didn't get her fired, and actually wrote a blog post where he went, "Hey, look, I reached out to this girl, and I, I realized that she's certainly qualified to work for NASA, and I'm doing my best to get her reinstated because I wasn't the one who fired her. It wasn't me. NASA saw the exchange, and they were the ones who got involved. And so he wrote a blog post explaining we shouldn't chastise this woman. She made a mistake, and he was working for her to get her job back. And still, in the comments on the fucking blog, people are like, "Hey, maybe you should fucking leave her alone and shouldn't be telling a woman what to do, man. Maybe you fucking old man. Maybe you." should die already and you shouldn't be fucking telling people how to behave. And I mean, man, oh man, Hey, you know, you're just part of the patriarch and you're, just, you're, and now they're trying to spin it in like he's against furries and he's, he's coming against their community. And I'm like, Whoa, whoa, what the fuck is happening? What is happening? And to her credit, she made her fucking Twitter private. And literally her log line is now I'm going to back away from Twitter for a while. Yeah. Why, why, why? Because you fucking had your life's dream taken away from you because of something stupid you did in a public forum. And I'm not saying she should have it taken away. Just like I don't know about these fucking people who come. Martin, look, if you if fire racists and all that other bullshit. Whenever anybody like James Gunn losing his job at fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. When they come for these guys and they and they're coming, they're coming all the time. They're looking in your old tweets. They're trying to find you and they're just and they're trying to nail you to the fucking wall. And I get it. Because that's all it's come down to now. And that's why I say there's so much fucking work to do. And there's no chance we're going to do this work. Because nobody wants to do that work. Everybody would rather point and accuse. Like these fucking assholes will double and triple down. I'm coming after a, a man of letters. A man of stature. A, a man who is qualified to tell her everything she wants to know about her own dream job. And she didn't do the research. Told him to fuck off. And she paid for it. Hopefully they can salvage it. Hopefully she gets the gig back. And, uh, and hopefully people just stand down and just just be cool. Just fucking be cool. You know, I ended last week's show and I was like, man, it's a good life. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm going on the road. I want to do these things. I want to make things happen. I want to go out and and have a fun time. And, uh, and I get discouraged now and then, like I said, when I had that car full of four people, I had to drive down to fucking Hollywood and they're, they like six, nine, and they like extantate. They're talking about extantation. They made me play him they put him, they didn't make me play him. They played him. They're like, "Woo!" And they're just rapping along with extantation. And I'm like, this guy's dead. This guy talked about putting a barbecue fork in his ex-girlfriend's vagina after beating her the fuck up. And when she went public with it, his fans told her to shut the fuck up. That's why I have no hope. That's why I think that it's over. And that's why I say, you know what? Take care of yourself and your family and your friends and just be cool, man. Just be nice. Just, just reach out. Just just do what you can to, 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 to make things good for whomever you come in contact with. Smile and, and help a homeless guy or fucking, if you see somebody crossing the street, have them take your arm, Boy Scout shit, whatever the fuck. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm 51. But like I said, it, it, this, do, who do you want to be? Do, do you want to be a quintuple threat from St. Louis? Or do you want to be a five-month nobody from Alabama? You guys can get me at com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can find me at Instagram and Snapchat. That was a lot of ranting there at the end. I, I didn't end this one strong. Maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I didn't. I also I probably didn't get into it. I wasn't going to talk in the beginning about some stuff. I don't know. I, thought I, I probably had some threads that are... Just go ahead and put it on the Joker's page. Or write me. Tell me the threads I didn't finish, please uh you can find me on instagram and snapchat i'm mike 40 yob over on those places mike 40 yob mike 40 yob that's the number 40 and then yob find me there at instagram and snapchat send me an instagram photo send me a snap snapchat snap chat a chat on snap uh like our friend sir coxley does or like our friend bunny white does or like our friend christy does or like uh any of the other people i i wind up talking to over there kiki sends me stuff on snapchat if you want to jump in and send me snapchat stuff why not And send me, send me it because it disappears in five seconds. Send me something that says, hey, Mike, you're the best. And it's gone into the ether. Nobody will ever be able to see that you said it. That's how Snapchat works. And then I'll send you one back going, aha, you're the best of all time. And it'll disappear. No one will know of our exchange. It'll be lost in the sands of time until Charlton Heston crawls up on it on a beach and says, you damn dirty, eh, you blew it all to hell. I hurt my throat there. Uh, So I'm on all those places. Follow me at every one of them all of them immediately. Ryan Dirks is the coolest web guy in the world. He does all the web stuff for this show. You can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Thank him for the good work he did on the renovation of the website, which he's still got work to do, but I haven't done my work yet. Yes, don't yell at me. I know last week was a fucking gone fishing week. I hung out a sign because I'm a dope. Uh, But now we're back. My fishing rod and reel is put into the closet, and I'm making things work. Why? I got my DVDs out and put them on all the shelves. Wee! This week's got a pretty good start, but now it's Tuesday and it's ending. So that's the thing. Once the show is over, will I go ahead and make the most of the rest of the week? I will. Uh, super fan Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. Not super fan of me. Super fan of others, certainly. Super fan Gio is available on facebookcom Peluso. Be his friend. Be his pal. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you this, he handles all of the Adam Corolla podcasts. He does all sorts of cool stuff for them with the love line podcasts. Uh, he's got his own podcasts the get it on podcast and the outdoors FAQ podcast. Go ahead and listen to those and listen to Gio as he talks like a faster version of me. Uh, he's the guy you want to find him. And he does all the cool ass stuff. He built our YouTube channel, which is available. You can go to our YouTube 40 year old boy channel and uh, check out cool stuff. They're streaming and all sorts of fun things to be had. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, if you're still listening, cause some people bail before the plugs, uh, I'll be streaming live on Monday. Why? Well, because, uh, and I'll be streaming at the 40 year old boy channel on YouTube. That's where I'll be not on Twitch yet. We're still waiting to get that all fucking squared away. It's a long story and I'll tell you more on the other side. Um, well, that's nothing to tell you. It's just not streaming. But, uh, next Monday I'm, I've been chosen to be in the best of week for Adam Carolla. So my appearance from 2011 on the Adam Carolla Show will be airing on Monday, August 27th. You can listen to it. If you've never heard it, go ahead and listen to my appearance on there and then join me in a stream that night. Uh, I'll be streaming Monday night. Let's call it 6 o'clock Pacific. 6 o'clock Pacific, that's 8 o'clock in the Midwest. That's 9 o'clock on the East Coast. That's 7 o'clock Mountain Time. That's 4 o'clock in Hawaii. And I think it's midnight in England. I have no idea. But 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time on Monday, August 27th. I'll be live streaming on YouTube. And we'll talk about what I did on the Adam Carolla Show if you want. We'll talk about other things. We'll uh, we'll talk about Twitch. We'll talk about games. We'll talk about my apartment. Maybe I'll take you on a little walkthrough. But that's the next stream for me. And then I'm hoping to be doing it at least once or twi- no, let's, wait, definitely once, at least twice a week going forward and, uh, and getting the Twitch channel up and running. It's all happening, folks, as as our friend William Fugit would tell you in Almost Famous, as our friend uh, uh, Kate Hudson would tell you, it's all happening. The Band-Aids are here. They're all dancing around me and they're all going to take my virginity. It's going to be fantastic. And I'll stream it. I'm live streaming them taking my virginity. It's going to be great. And I can't wait for Francis McDormand to freak me out on a fucking payphone because I am a golden God. I'm going to dive into a swimming pool. You'll watch that too. Look at me streaming all this nonsense. So uh, Giovanni Giorgio Peluso, you can find him at facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. He does all the love line stuff. Like I said, his podcasts are out there. The Geo Get It On podcast, Outdoors FAQ. But I'll be streaming next Monday at 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific on the 40-Year-Old Boy YouTube channel to talk about that day's Adam Carolla appearance and to talk about anything else you might want to talk about. And maybe it'll be just this kind of thing where I talk for fucking an hour about nothing. Uh, So check that out. And also... Did you know that all the music and the artwork for the show is done by the one and the only David Hernandez, who I have to call as soon as I'm done with this show? You do, don't you? He does all the artwork, he does all the music, he's amazing, uh, and he's he's my consigliere, he's one of my best friends in the world, and he is also available at artbydmh.com, but I will get to that in just a second. First, go be his friend. You can't, you don't even look at Art by DMH if you're not his friend, because you want to be his friend at facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. No, don't be, don't go there. Jesus Christ, I got lost. Go to facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez and be his friend there, please, and tell him you like him and all the cool stuff that he does, and then, only then when you're firmly established as a friend. Can you roll over to artbydmh.com and check out all the cool-ass stuff he's got for sale at artbydmh.com? Uh, it's amazing. It's fun. It's cool. He's got uh, you know he's got valscapes. He's got guycons. He's got individual pieces of artwork that he's already done, and he can also do custom artwork for you of you and your dog and a dog named Boo and your girlfriend and whoever the fuck else. If you want to paint you and four of your loser friends drinking wine coolers in a goddamn Camry, you can do that. Have him do that for you. Whatever you want. Because it was just it was you know what it was like the. The dumbest version of the Wayne's World Bohemian Rhapsody scene ever. But they're singing six nine, and I'm driving and hating every goddamn minute of it. I couldn't headbang, I couldn't yell. Uh, but I will tell you this: this and this was totally true. They thought they could stomp me and spit in my eye. Uh, they thought they could me leave me to die. Oh, baby. Just listen to me, baby. I think I'm going to get one of those lyrics wrong. So go to artbydmh.com. Check out all of his artwork. He can do, uh, you can buy anything that's on there that's already for sale, or he can do custom stuff for you if you contact him. And so, dude, do a custom thing for me. You don't even have to tell him. You say do something custom. He'll make something up, man. Maybe he'll paint his dog. He'll paint you the Hit Clown. He'll paint you something else. Maybe he'll paint me from Hit Clown. Well, all those cool things will happen. So got to get them though. Got to go to artbydmh.com and contact them there. That's artbydmh.com, A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. Hi, I'm Paul Gilmartin. For the most part, I've cleaned up my act, but the only substance I can't quit abusing is the 40-year-old boy on the Mike Schmidt Podcasting Network. Do you know the street value of nonsense? It's nearly as expensive as tomfoolery. You're listening to The 40-Year-Old Boy, and later, The Velvet robe Big James and Chewy would like a word with you outside. What are you writing for? I got this application, you know, from that joint down on 4th Street. The uh, Valentine Gardens? Yeah, look at this, man. They got these goofy questions. Like, look, uh, do you have any uh, first date experience? What'd you put? Yes. What? How do you have fucking first date experience? <laughs> you remember that time I stopped that broad from choking? You remember the broad, you Stop know? the... The, in the Bon Jovi t-shirt? Yeah, the, remember I stopped her from choking? Yeah, you punched her in the fucking stomach and a goddamn chicken wing flew out of her mouth. Stop choking, didn't she? Women always welcome, men get in line. The Velvet Rope on the Mike Schmidt Podcasting Network. Fucking Heimlich. Sponsors. We have sponsors. And that's plural and it shouldn't be. However... We've had sponsors, so many sponsors over the years. Here we are in year 11, still with people interested in keeping the show afloat, and that's cool, and I appreciate that very much. Thank you, all of you people who've done that in the past, and all of you people who are considered doing it in the future. Uh, all those people over there at Casper Mattress who won't return an email or anybody else who thinks to themselves, you know what? I've got to reach consumers who like sleep. You don't think my people like sleep, Casper, you fucks? And you know what? By talking about this, I guess I'm kind of promoting them as it is. I should stop. Fuck Casper mattress. You know what? I I'm, I'm uh, that's that's you want a ghost that has a real mattress? Go ahead and find uh the ghost of Tom Joad. He'll bring you a fucking mattress, boy. I'll tell you what, it'll be you sure you got to sleep in the dust bowl, but so what? Fuck Casper. The friendly ghost, the the unfriendly ghost, the uh, the unanswering email ghost, you fucking dick. Uh, I'm probably not going to get them on board after this rant. Uh, I don't even call it a rant, a tirade, comment, discussion. Yeah, it's a discussion. Let's hear your feelings on it. <laughs> That's what's this is a two way street. You guys can go ahead and tell me what you think about this. I think if you're trying to reach anybody, why wouldn't you just promote it on every goddamn show? Audible books came to me a million years ago, and that was when I was haughty. That when I was like, ah, you know what? You say you fucking sponsor everybody. I don't want you to sponsor me. I'm special. So special. I gotta have some of your attention, Casper mattress. Give it to me, cause I I'm gonna make you see. There's nobody else there. No no one like me. Because uh, again, folks, I'm special. What about why am I doing the chorus again? I should just do a verse. Uh, I'm gonna use my slide step. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna use my fingers. I'm gonna use my 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 imagination to tell you about a fucking mattress. All right, so. That's a lot of talk about a non-sponsor. Let's talk about a real sponsor. How about we talk about the Paranoid Strain podcast, which exists right now in the iTunes store. Uh, Fearful Jesuit is the man. He's the guy. He's the fella. He's the one behind it all. Him and his team of monks. And they put it out and they write it. And he's got some British ladies, a disenfranchised, disembodied voice lurking within the context of the show itself. This week's, uh, this month's show, this re- recent episode, I've talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. Because it's nine eleven, man. I can't forget it. They're doing a 9-11 show because, again, as I mentioned, Fearful Jesuit was there watching the towers come down. This is going to be weird. I didn't even mention this on last week's show. He actually watched the towers come down from one of the planes. That's right. He's the only guy who survived the the second crash into the second tower. Uh, He was the the guy who just bailed out right at the last second. If you look, if you watch the video, you'll see him. He leaps to his—and luckily he's wearing his Franciscan Jesuit robe— and it turns into like a little bell-shaped parachute and he plummets to the ground. And by the time he hits the ground running, all of a sudden the uh, towers are coming down and he's being chased by a dust cloud and uh, and Yakety Sax is playing. Hey, I just made 9-11 even funnier for you. Not, well, not even funnier. That seems weird. It wasn't funny in the first place. But uh, but I've made it funny by thinking of a Franciscan Jesuit monk running away in a bell-shaped uh, Franciscan robe as a as a cloud of dust chases him to Yakety Sax. Think about that every time you think about 9-11. Fuck, let's roll. Let's think about... -ah That's your new memory of 9-11. Never forget it. But anyway, there's a show called Paranoid Strain, and you can hear them touch on no topics that are like that, but they talk about 9-11 this month. And then, of course, there's past shows, which you can listen to if you want to get caught up with the past catalog. It's fantastic. And also, there's future shows coming, so subscribe! Why wouldn't you do that? Then you don't need me shouting about it to you, but I'll I'll still shout anyway. But you can go ahead and sign up at the iTunes store, subscribe, uh, leave a review in the iTunes store saying that the 40-year-old boy show sent you and that you love the show and that we're the best and they're the best and we're all the best uh, together. And then write uh, Jesuit a personal note, maybe tell him, hey, you know what, dude, we found about you on the, found out about you, we found out about you through the gin blossoms and Mike Schmidt. And, uh, and that's how we found out that the show existed, and we went ahead and listened, and we loved it, and now we're on board forever and ever and ever. Whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk about ghosts who st- won't sell mattresses or ghosts who make you sleep in a dust bowl? Uh, or you want to think about, talk about specters or hauntings or any of that and other nonsense? There's all those shows. There's a a channel called Destination USA, and I'll watch it because they'll have barbecue pitmasters on. So it's always like fat guys yelling about ribs. Right, that's, that's quality TV entertainment for you. Because uh, yeah, they got ghost chasers too. But fuck a ghost chaser, man. I don't need to see some guy. We, we've done that on this show before. We, 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 had, uh, we had our own ghost chasing show on the 40-Year-Old Boy Podcasting Network. Uh, it was called What Was That? And, uh, and oh, it was Gripping uh, Audio. But now on TV, they got that. It's like four dudes who go to a haunted house and they stand there with a stick mic and then they go, did you see that leaf move? And they run away like they're fucking Bowery boys. the fuck out of here. You're ghost hunting nonsense. However, on Destination USA, there's the fat guys yelling about ribs. Now that's quality entertainment. Now I'll tell you what, if there's some way... You could have a fat guy go to a haunted house and cook ribs and fight with a ghost. Holy fuck, I'm on board. Then you win me over with that. You're ghost hunting and combine ghost hunting and smoking ribs. That, that, see, that's great. You smoke chicken, you smoke a big bison shoulder, and then you split it with the ghost of John Adams, one of our late presidents, one of our late presidents, uh, well, John Quincy Adams. You can get, yeah, I can't leave the Quincy out of there. Fuck that. This is a formal dinner. This is a formal barbecue dinner. I can't have John Adams come along and just tuck a fucking napkin into his ghostly lapel and then eat ribs. I gotta have a John Quincy Adams, baby. Let's have that fucking guy with three names show up to get some steamy goat ribs or whatever the fuck we're cooking. I don't know how you, I don't know what a ghost wants. Because John Quincy Adams, again, he lived back in colonial times. So probably, you know what he did? He fucking broke into a, a house and he ate all the brown bread and he raped a kid. That's what John Quincy Adams did before he wound up dying and showing up at your house for fucking ghostly barbecue. This show's a lot of talking in circles about nothing, but I like it. I like doing this. This is the kind of show I enjoy. You tell your friends to listen to this one. This is a lot of talking about nothing and making up facts that don't exist. I, I, I pray. Here's what I hope. Someday I want somebody to actually listen to the show with like a serious ear and uh, and be upset and fact check the show and be really mad. Hey, John Quincy Adams didn't rape a kid and, and, and he certainly wouldn't want ghostly goat barbecue. Uh, I, I tend to disagree with you. I demand that you debunk my show. I want you to go ahead and try to list every fact that isn't a fact and challenge me to a debate. And then I will Candace Owens the shit out of you with some stupid debate. You see this on Twitter? Everybody's like, debate me, you coward. Debate me, debate me, fuck debate me, fuck people, fuck Twitter, fuck people, fuck typing, fuck words, fuck letters. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm so done. People fighting and pointing at one another and just that, you know, that's that's what the whole world is right now. It's it's whenever anybody yells at you or is mean or whatever, just post that Spider-Man meme of him pointing at himself. Uh, Although I actually, I'm actually more fond of the Spider Man sitting at the desk with a picture of Spider Man behind him. I don't know where those come from, but there is never a time I will not laugh at those Spider Man memes. Spider Man, uh, sexy on the railroad tracks for some reason, but pointing at the other Spider Man is great, but dude, Sitting at the desk with a picture of Spider-Man. but I don't even know. I have no idea. That's got to be a Photoshop, right? That couldn't have been in that old show. Because I watched that old show. If you ever watched that, like, seven, was, I think it was a 60s Spider-Man cartoon. And uh, it was one of those shows that was, like, it was cool. I mean, he's fighting the Green Goblin. He's fighting Mysterio. And that was one of the first times I ever saw Mysterio, like, moving. And I, I dug it because Mysterio is my main guy in the Spider-Man universe, other than Spider-Man himself, of course. And a hot Aunt May. I got to admit, hot Aunt May with a bullet. She came up there between Spider-Man and Mysterio. Spider-Man still rules the day. But if you're going to say who the fuck in the Spider-Man universe were you going to fucking rail, uh, you got to rail hot Aunt May. You got to go Marissa Tomei, hot Aunt Aunt Tomei. You got to rail her. Uh, Spider-Man's got a tight ass, but you can't rail Spider-Man. I mean, that's, you jump at the fence for that. Although I guess there's, there's cachet in saying I fuck Spider-Man. And there's certainly cachet in saying I fucked Mysterio. But saying you fucked hot Aunt May, that's got to that trumps all. But if you watch the '60s old Spider-Man show, it's uh, you know Spider-Man's fighting villains. He's fighting Green Goblin and Doc Ock and all the all the 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 Rogues Gallery of all of the villains in his universe. But then, and I don't even know the story behind this, you would be watching it, and uh, as a kid, you didn't understand this. I found out later what happened, but apparently Ralph Bakshi took over the show for I don't know a year maybe or or just some episodes, but all of a sudden. It had all these funky, weird, drawn backgrounds and weird, like, Zappa music. And Spider-Man was fighting guys from space, villains you'd never seen before. And you're just, as a little kid, that's jolting, man. All of a sudden, he's fighting the Green Goblin. I can understand that. There's a Green Goblin. There's a guy. He looks like the Grinch. He's got pointy ears. He's flying around in a Bat Glider. He's a dick. Spider-Man wants to fight him the end. But then when you throw in this weird moral compass of aliens coming, and then they have, like, a radio wave, and it changes people, and it, and it's because it's, it's, it, it's hypnotic, and it's very... Uh, hallucinogenic. It looks like acid. I mean, I, I've never done acid, but I have to think it has to be something like the Spider-Man 60s show when fucking Ralph Bakshi took over. It's bananas. And as a little kid, it freaks you the fuck out, because you're like, alright, I know who Doc Ock is. He's a doctor, and he's an octopus, and he's a, you know, he can cure you if he wants to be a good doctor, but if he's a bad guy, he'll take his eight metal arms and fuck you up. But Spider-Man defeats him, and everybody wins. Yay! And all of the money bags with the dollar signs on him are returned to the bank, and everybody's happy. But then, Spider-Man is like fighting a sea creature who came out of the, the fucking milk you you're like whoa what and it's got this weird haunting music and uh and there's no more peter parker it's just spider-man in those shows if i remember correctly i was a little kid i tuned it the fuck out but uh but scary weird like kinda like when the monkeys became self aware in their second season, if it was even a second season, it might have been late in the first, when they realized, Hey, we're the monkeys. Hey, <laughs> actually, I apologize. They realized, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And people say we monkey around. So they went and because uh, the monkeys were like rebelling and they're like, We want to write our own songs. They're like, dude, we just fucking found you guys in a casting call. You're a short British jockey, you're you fucking Tarzan boy, and you're a goofy guy in a stocking cap and a guy who's gonna get raped in a Texas prison in about thirty years. And they're like, We don't care, we wanna write our own songs. And Kirshner's like, fuck that, man. We got Boys and Hart here, they're geniuses. And Mike Nesbitt I want to write a finger-picking song. And they're like, teen girls do not want to watch you finger-pick, buddy. And they're like, hey, Hendrix got booed off uh, uh, ahead of us by all the teen girls. And like, yeah, so nobody wants to watch finger-picking. But yet they had to acquiesce. They had to give the monkeys a break and as much as i love the show the monkeys still got a little uppity there at the end and they, they fucking said hey we're doing this and so they said all right monkeys bring uh bring guys that you love on the show so like davy jones brought a billy preston looking motherfucker who was a songwriter and he and davy were working on material and that was pretty cool i think peter tork brought a lute i don't know he didn't he brought something stupid but then fucking nesmith brings zappa on and zappa's dressed like nesmith and they deconstruct the monkeys myth and they just make fun of it and then they smash a car with a sledgehammer and you're like as a kid you're like hey uh Remember when you guys were running down a hallway with infinite doors and going in and out and jumping out and being on each other's shoulders and Mickey made a voice like Jimmy Cagney and dressed up like a uh, you know a mall and then uh, you know Sally Rogers from the fucking Dick Van Dyke show showed up and Vic Tabak was there and everybody had fun and there was a ventriloquist and then the Jolly Green Giants came in your window and went, yo-ho-ho, ho, monkeys, and you had a battle of the bands and you actually liked girls and Davy Jones would get stars in his eyes and chase them. I related to that as a child. However, Zappa smashing a fucking car with a sledgehammer, a uh, little much for me at 11, but... Who might argue with the monkeys, right? They're still on the road. They're still getting it done. They're still taking care of business every day and also taking care of business every way. They are taking care of business. It's all right. These monkeys are taking care of business. I would venture to say that they're working overtime. Ha <laughs> ha. Bachman, Turner, fuck you, overdrive. Uh, all right. What were we talking about? Sponsors. That's who. We were talking about the fearful Jesuit in his show, right? Is that? I think that's the last thing we did. Uh, possibly. So, so whatever, go check out the paranoid strain. It's the fearful Jesuit doing a cool ass podcast. It's in the iTunes store. As I mentioned, uh, you know, they talk all about nine 11 and it's a pensive show in the beginning because they let all of these survivors of nine 11 contribute their memories. And it's a, uh, it's done in a very sonically interesting way. And then the rest of the show, he debunks a lot of myths with uh, jet fuel and steel beams. And he talks about uh, celebrities losing their fucking minds. It's really cool. And you should check it out. It's a great show. All of the past episodes are cool, too. But go ahead and listen. Leave a a review. Contact Fearful Jesuit. Tell them that we sent you. Please. Please. You like apps? Of course you do. Everybody likes apps. Uh, What if I told you there was an app there you could barbecue in your house with a ghost? Uh, I would I would download it immediately. But however, I'll tell you about this app instead. It's called Book Me Cameo or Cameo.com or whatever the fuck. God damn it, I'm so bad. Get the Cameo app. I don't know what their website is. But the Cameo app, if you download it to your phone, you can hire me to do a lot of shouting like this. You got somebody in your family who likes the monkeys and doesn't understand why Zappa showed up. You got somebody else in your house who doesn't understand why a guy from NASA would be fighting with some furry on Twitter. Hire me to straighten that shit out, man. On Cameo. You can book me and I'll call somebody up and I'll leave them. Well, I don't call them up. I mean, that seems weird, but I'll leave them a video message and they can see me shouting in my new green apartment. Uh, And with a green screen, they could put me wherever they want. They could say, you know what, Mike, we're going to throw you into that nightmare Ralph Bakshi Spider-Man universe. I'm there. That's fine. If Spider-Man wants to fight a podcaster, I'll set up and let him do it. However, I personally think that I'll be dressed up in a Spider-Man outfit pointing at that Spider-Man and going, you, me, same, same. As my brother said to, or had, had said to him in Thailand or Taiwan, where the fuck was my brother? I think it was in Thailand. My brother's all drunk on the street. My brother Andy. I told this story on here. And a fucking uh, woman came up to him and said, uh, "Hey, uh, you know, hey Joe, whatever." And he's like, uh, "I'm drunk." And she's like, "Me, you, same, same." And he's like, "What?" And he goes, "Me, you, same, same." And uh, pulled her dress up, and a cock flopped out and uh, as if that was going to be the one that closed the deal for Andy. I mean, he's a drunk sailor on the street. Is he is he there looking for cock? I mean, I know it's Thailand, and there's ladyboys and all that nonsense, but uh, but I would think a drunk sailor would be looking for a lady initially. I, I don't know. Look, I don't want to speak to your don't ask, don't tell tendencies. I don't know what's going on in the military these days. All I know is my little brother was like, yeah, that's, that's not the deal closer you thought it was going to be. Same, same, and same, same, moved on. Uh, and same, same, met up with Soso the monkey from Peter Potamus. And they flew in a balloon and had adventures where where Peter Panumus got into trouble. So so the monkey got him out of it, and the Thailand hooker blew a bunch of people and whipped her cock out. It was fantastic. You should check that out. Uh, it runs back to back consecutively with the Ralph Bakshi Nightmare Spider Man So Go ahead and check that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. You don't laugh at your own stuff. You shouldn't, but I just cracked myself the fuck up. The Ralph Bassey Nightmare Spider-Man Hour. Holy Jesus. If that's not the name of it, I'm pissed. you got to name it that. Just, right now, I, I implore Ralph Bakshi, I implore, I implore Spider-Man, Marvel, somebody to unearth it, and just put it out as the Ralph Bakshi Nightmare Spider-Man Hour. And I, you know what? If you don't want to run Peter Potamus and the tranny hooker, that's fine. If you don't want to make up a companion piece, although I still think you get a lot more people watching if you run those back-to-back, Peter Potamus so-so and same-same as they go in a balloon all over the place and Adventures, and the, the tie hooker flops her cock out and blows a bunch of dudes, followed closely on its heels by the Ralph Bakshi Spider-Man Nightmare Spider-Man Hour. <laughs> alright, sorry. Uh-huh. This is probably not as funny as I think it is, but Jesus Christ, did it make me laugh? Uh, Because again, you have to understand, folks, and uh, let's do a second here to talk about how great I am. Uh, This is just, this is nonsense. I mean, this is literally, as we mentioned earlier in the show, spitting nonsense. I am, I am just, I am opening up a microphone and talking and I, I venture to say, as I've done many times before, nobody could do this. Now would anybody want to? I don't think they would. Uh, but I don't. I don't know if anybody else stumbles into the uh, same same. The hooker was so so. The monkey as they travel. I don't. It doesn't matter. Why am I recounting it? Because I want to make myself laugh again at the Ralph Bakshi nightmare Spider Man hour. Uh, uh. and by the way also as as we know as i get older i keep fucking up on facts and people are correcting me all the time they're like hey this is from this or hey you fucked that up so i hope to god it was ralph bakshi from fritz the cat who wound up doing that uh spider-man show because if it's another animator i'm gonna be so pissed and if it if it was another animator then we gotta get ralph bakshi on board immediately holy fuck let's get bakshi on board uh, I'm going to, you know what? That's a yellow sign. I'm going to put out for everybody. I'm going to put out Bakshi on board and then it'll just be hallucinogenic lights flashing inside my car. Uh, get the cameo app. You want this, you want this magic to bring, be brought to someone, you know, like not just listening to, to yourself and trying to share it with a stranger. If you want a blood relative to hear this kind of nonsense directed right at them with their name placed strategically inside it somewhere, get the cameo app and book me to shout at your friends uh, or your family or anybody just, you know, just buy a cameo for a stranger. How weird would that be? If you just bought a fucking cameo and give me a random email address and I fucking sent it to him, they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Well, (laughs) it doesn't matter. I'm a guy talking to you about fucking ghosts and big green eggs. Smoke it. Uh, so, all right, book me on cameo. I'm there. Uh, folks, you know we have another sponsor guy—not yeah, really a sponsor, more of a friend of the show. It's our friend Paul Pepper, as I've mentioned, and uh, he has the Dark Knight First Responder Tribute Truck available on Facebook. He's not looking for anything; he just wants you to book them unless you've got a booking—a uh, a capable thing to book him for. But he just wants you to go like his page for the Dark Knight First Responder Tribute Truck, because then they get some notice, and he can get it uh, at other gatherings throughout the East Coast and possibly even America. Who knows? But it's the Dark Knight First Responder Tribute Truck. It's an amazing paint job. It's a. Tribute tribute to first responders all across this great land of ours. Please go and like the page on Facebook, the Dark Knight First Responder Tribute Truck, courtesy of our friend Paul Pepper and his lovely wife, Gloria. Although I don't know how her feelings on the truck, she perhaps, perhaps she's not on board with the truck tomfoolery. I've only heard from Paul in this instance. Maybe, you know what, Gloria, maybe she has her own truck. She wants me to go ahead and, Gloria, if you got a truck, reach out to me. I'll go ahead and promote your truck as well. But Paul Pepper uh, has the Dark Knight First Responder Tribute Truck on Facebook. Go like the page, please, so he can tell people he's got social media likes, and uh, and that would be grand. And I know a lot of people don't use Facebook anymore, but eh, it's worth a click. If you're on there, go ahead and make it a click. Click it up. Why wouldn't you do something like that? And I'll, as long as you're on Facebook, you know, there's the Lil Schmitty's Attaboy Fit Brigade that's still lurking. Now, have I been participating? No. Am I Lil Schmitty? Certainly. Do I need an attaboy? I would need one. I don't deserve one because I've done nothing and I'm not fit, but I still will lead the brigade and I have great plans to move forward. As you've heard many, many times before, and this has been something I've done throughout my entire life. I've had plans. Let's do this. Let's do that. And uh, only words matter. I apologize. Only actions matter. Words don't matter at all. I got plenty of words for you as witnessed by the uh, Ralph Bakshi nightmare Spider-Man hour I mentioned earlier, but uh, the attaboy fit brigade page does exist. It's got a cool ass logo. It's got uh, people posting stuff. Uh, Adriana DeRuz is in there just dominating. And our good friend, uh, Scott Palmetter, he's doing uh, all of his great stuff. He's doing yeoman's work as he not only completes his runs, but then he researches famous art uh, and and makes it his background. He finds some, uh, I think he just had Whistler's mother staring at him while he did a run. That was fantastic. I think he did some Salvador Dali. uh, Or Dali. I don't want to go Dali. That seems weird. Uh, But Salvador Dali, Melting Clocks. Those were in his vicinity. And that's, i tell you what, I, you want to talk about running and timing yourself. The Try that. The bitch of the bunch is doing it with the melting clock. I understand going out there and fucking making it happen. You're running you're going ahead and getting in shape. But if you go out there and you fucking use a melting clock to time yourself, that's that's bad for everybody. But Scott Palmer does it go join the little Schmini's Attaboy Fit Brigade and we'll all get in shape together uh, I'll be joining you eventually I'm there, I go and look, I do lurk and I read and I, I, I once I'm uh, done going fishing I told you I hung a sign out last week and didn't do much of anything and this week is a lot of driving because the last two weeks I didn't drive very much but I've got plans, man once I get my apartment squared away I can start buying food and cooking and living like a grown man and oh, I'm going to hang up art on the walls that's right, art on the walls can you believe that? who am I? a person? I think I might be but go join the Little Schmidt's Attaboy Fit Brigade, please. And uh, also, let's talk about this. You know, I got a Patreon page, right? First of all, I got the YouTube channel. As I mentioned, I'll be streaming next Monday at 6 o'clock p.m., 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, and we've gone through all the other times, 6 o'clock my time, 8 o'clock Chicago time, 9 o'clock New York time, 7 o'clock Denver time, 4 o'clock fucking Hawaii time, Maui time, Manaloa time, whatever other cities are out there, Big Island time. And uh, like I said, I don't know if it's midnight in England, Liam and Hugh and all my other English friends, Hannah, you guys know what's going on. Whatever time it is in, in uh, there, if you want to post it on the Joker's page, go ahead. Or just do the math yourself. Or you know what, Google it. I mean, I, I think you can find Time Zone and Google, can't you? You know, don't, don't just rely on me. Do you know this? I'll tell you this because I'm old. If you're young, you're not going to believe this. Do you know that there used to be a telephone number you could call to get the time? That's that, that right now, that's obsolete on five different fucking levels because you, you literally can, you used to be able to pick a landline. You would call a phone number and a recording would tell you what time it was. That was a big deal. Now there's no more phones. There's no more, there's no more clocks. There's no more, everybody's got a clock embedded in their fucking head. Uh, and nobody needs a recording. Nobody wants to call a voicemail. I'm sure if they did that now, they'd wind up harvesting your phone number and giving it to fucking Guatemalan terrorists and some bullshit would happen to you. Uh, cause there's no more landlines. There's no more any of that stuff, but that's happened in the old days. You used to be able to fucking call a number to find out what time it was rather than look at a clock. You lazy fuck rather than turn your wrist to check out a watch you would actually call to have a pleasant voiced lady tell you what time it was which i guess maybe that's the appeal maybe you're jerking off and right when you get to the fucking crescendo you call it and she's like the time is and you're like oh time to blast and you just fucking throw some ropes all over your own calf while she fucking tells you what time it is and then you have a distinct (laughs) you can put a pin in it and know exactly when you fucking launch zygotes all over your goddamn leg uh regardless the point is as i was just saying something about uh time and calling no youtube no Oh, Time time Zone, streaming. All right, that's what it was. uh, I was talking about streaming in several different ways there. Uh, Folks, the point is, uh, there's a YouTube channel. Go ahead and check it out. There's all sorts of podcasts, all sorts of other stuff on there, live streams that I've done, live streams I will do. And, And to all the girls I've ever loved before, there's a love letter on there for you. There's none of those things. I don't know why that popped into my fucking brain. I don't know why Iglesias and Nelson just popped up with a duo banging into my cerebellum, but go to the YouTube channel. It's uh, the 40 year old boy, YouTube channel, go to YouTube, put in my name, Mike Schmidt, or put in the 40 year old boy, and you'll go right to it. And you'll check out all sorts of cool ass videos. And you'll see me streaming and all that stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, if you go to our website, let's talk about that for just a second, uh, go to Mike Schmidt, comedy.com. I go to the Joe Business page. There's all sorts of cool-ass Joe. Well, fuck, let's go to the appearances page. That's where the streaming schedule will be. Once I get a streaming schedule down, on the appearances page, there's an easel because we have the whole new, renovated Mike MikeSchmidtComedy.com, which Max did amazing paintings for and I have yet to do my part for, but I'll do it soon, I promise. <laughs> he said, Hopefully. Uh, but that that is going to be there, and it's for you to check out on the appearances page. It'll tell you when I'm streaming and where I'm going to be and the places I'm going to go. Oh, the places I'll go. It's going to be right there on that page. Also, while you're there, go to the Joe Business page. We're still selling some stuff. But the Amazon link is there. That's the most important thing. Go ahead and click through the Amazon link. Use that every month, every time you buy something from Amazon. Why is my voice doing that? Uh, Click on the Amazon link. Go ahead and uh, we get money, they get money, you get stuff. It works out perfectly for them. It works out perfectly for us. And I think it works out perfectly for you because you were going to buy something from Amazon anyway, weren't you? Weren't you? Of course you were. You want to give Jeff Bezos another 11 bucks. So why not give me 40 cents while you're doing it? That seems like a high percentage, but maybe I can renegotiate my deal. Go to the Joe business page at Mike Schmidt comedy.com. Use the Amazon link, click through and shop and do your stuff. And we get a taste of the gig. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It works out perfectly as i mentioned there's the appearances page there also uh i think i'm trying to remember oh i think it's on our you know it might be on the joe business page as well there's a patreon link ladies and gentlemen become a patron of this show as i mentioned people do it all the time and uh plenty of plans going ahead forward like i said words don't matter actions will but you'll see but if you want to become a patron of the show that'd be fantastic i'd appreciate it very much like our friend oliver rechbein I, i i say the h with a because he's from germany uh, or certainly in that area of the world, Oliver Reichbein, Reichbein, he became a patron last week and I thank him and he's been around a long fucking time. That dude that I, I've had, I've eaten with that guy a couple of times, dude, he came to LA once with his girlfriend Pia and, uh, and he, that here's how long he's been around. He and, he and Pia went to dinner with me and my wife, my ex-wife. So Oliver has been on board for a long time and he's come aboard the patron and I appreciate that very much. Thank you, Oliver. I appreciate you stepping up and he just completed, uh, I went to his because he he subscribes. So then I went to his Facebook page to check him out. I think he just became like a fucking fellow or something. He just he just created his he just completed his graduate thesis or something. I don't know. He's Doctor Doctor Rakebine. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. So the Doctor is in. When it comes to Patreon, Dr. Rakebine is a monthly contributor. Why aren't you? You should be. You could be. It is. Holy cow. Harry Carey says, go to Mike Schmidt's Patreon page, become a member, become a patron, and uh, and watch all of the cool-ass stuff that's to come in the future. Again, once I do this, and once I do that, and once we do all this other stuff, then I can concentrate on other stuff. Oh, once I sort through these thousand videotapes that I've distracted myself with, hi, I'm always looking for a reason to not do work. Uh, sorry i had to swallow uh so uh please be please please become a patron do that kind of thing, and uh, like I said, Joe Business Page is always lurking out there. You can do all that cool stuff, and um, and do me a favor. Like I, I asked last week, and a couple of people reached out. If you got an internet recommendation, a company that you like, a, a cell phone company that you enjoy, like I said, I've been told to go with uh, T-Mobile by some people. I've been told by uh, others, Verizon is the way to go. Any suggestions you got? I'm looking for it because again, my life is in a holding pattern. I'm an AT and T guy right now, but uh, you know, after this Direct TV nonsense, they kind of left me in a lurch. I'm not happy about. I may wind up cutting them loose on everything. Although, because uh, the internet is also slow in my house and who cares. And and go give to the Patreon. and and, uh, and Oh, also, hey, I'm in Toronto. Let's talk about that. I'm going to be in Toronto in uh, three weeks, I think. I'm there September 17th through the 22nd. And I think the show, well, the show is going to be at Steve's music store lounge in Toronto. It's upstairs and it's going to be very informal. Like I said, it'll be a pay what you want type of show. So come on out, hang out and fuck. If you hate it, you can leave. You have to pay a dime, but if you want to pay, that's great. It would be really cool because I'd like to make some money. But if you don't, it's uh, it's me gathering with friends and hanging out in Toronto and doing a show. I'll go up and actually talk. And if, uh, you know, if we get there and the consensus is nobody wants to hear me talk, we'll just hang out. It's Steve's Music uh, Store Lounge in Toronto. I know that doesn't seem like I'm selling myself as a performer here, but I've come to Toronto a few times, and it's cool that my friends are going to be there. I'm going to hang out, and then uh, the show itself is going to be kind of informal, so it'll be a pay-what-you-can-pay-what-you-want type of deal. That's that's me. Look at me. I'm the radio head of this fucking thing. I'm the vanguard of this thing that's going to happen. Uh, we'll pass the hat. Uh, Which means I got to bring a fucking hat. (laughs) Unless you want, you got a Canadian hat. Is there a special Canadian hat we can use? And we'll pass the hat and figure out how that works out. But we'll all have a good time in Toronto. But I'm gonna be there also for like five or six days, and there's gonna be all sorts of stuff we're doing. Like I said, there might be vice, there might be restaurants. I want to go to Antler. I'm going to go ahead and throw that at you. There's an all meat like restaurant. I mainly want to go to Antler because I want to walk past the vegetarian people protesting outside and see what that turns into. Is that still a thing? Uh, if it is, I I think I want to do that. I remember that from a few months ago. So if you guys are still getting protesters, I'd love to go to a protested restaurant and have a big fucking huge beef flank and chew it in some vegan's face. Hey, how you doing there, PETA? Um, that's a lie. I don't know if you're a vegetarian. I don't care. I'm not going to make fun of pita, but I would like to eat at that restaurant because I heard it's very good. So uh, so that's the plan. you know. But we'll go. We'll get California sandwiches. Well, who knows what we'll do. We might go to a rage room. Uh, you know, we maybe we won't repeat things. Uh, but also, we could just sit outside the fire pit at Ken's house and fucking hang out and have a fire and laugh and talk and joke with Ken and John and Rick and everybody else in Toronto and Tanya and Mike and whomever else, Stephen, whatever, anybody else who wants to show up, we'll have a good time and we'll hang out and have fun. And uh, any Canadians, come from all over the place. Come as the Sweebies can come back from fucking Moose Jar, where the fuck they live. Let's have a good time in Canada, September 17th through the 22nd. The show will probably be Friday night, but I don't know just yet. I've got to make an official decision, but I think Rick said that the lounge is best on a Friday night, so that that could be the move. We'll do that, but I'm there in Toronto, uh, and there's a page on Facebook called Bring Mike Schmidt Back to Toronto, I think, and Ken and those guys, Ken and John, they're they're, they're figuring out what's going to happen, where we're going to go, and the things we're going to do, and oh, the places we'll go, so please get on board with Toronto. And, uh, I, you know, I'll just be happy to get a week where I'm not driving people around. I've already told you some of my adventures, dude, fucking Monday, get this. We had a shooting here in, uh, and this is, uh, look, this, it's a tragedy. Nobody wants this shit to happen, but a, uh, apparently an Uber driver shot a Lyft driver. Because the world is the fucking Wild West. And I guess that was just because there was some sort of traffic issue. But a Lyft driver stopped to pick up. And he had passengers in the fucking car. And the Uber guy did the spray down on him. Shot him twice in the fucking head. Drove by with people in the car. Didn't kill the passengers. He just killed the driver. I don't know what the argument was about. So this happens over the weekend, right? So Monday night, yesterday, I go ahead and pick some dudes up late. I'm driving super late. And I don't want to drive. But I am because I'm trying to make some dough. And I get pinged. and in, in, I'm in, in Pasadena. And I get pinged and it looks like a fucking forest preserve. Anytime, you know, if it says a house or an address, that's fine. But it says something like State Park or and, and I I pull up and it's a it's at a bike trail. That's what it was. It said passing in some bike trail. And their dot was in the middle of nothing. It was just floating in a sea of green. So I fucking pull up. And there's nobody there. It's and it's pitch black in the fucking forest, right? There's a yellow gate, it's pitch black. No houses, no people. And uh all of a sudden, these two dudes come jogging out of the dark. Like, I mean, just running. And in my head, I'm like, I should get the fuck out of here. Why am I going to pick these dudes? These strangers running out of the fucking park. Are you kidding me? But they come jogging out and uh, they wave at me. They wave the phone. And I don't want to say the guy's name, but it was like, it was like Navajo or some bullshit. It was, it was a Native American tribe name. And so he gets in the car and his buddy does. And I mean, look, they come running out of the woods. In in One of them's got a backwards baseball hat. One of them has a hoodie with the hood up. And they're just in like dark clothing. They come and they jump in the car. And I, in my head, I, I try to fight off any sort of, it, you You try to balance your self-preservation instinct with the possibility of this being bad guys. But also I'm like, well, I don't want to assume that anybody is bad guys just because they're wearing a hoodie or a fucking jacket. But when they come running out of the dark and kind of pant, they're out of breath and they dive in the car. I mean, something's up, right? You run out. Who'd they murder? What'd they grab? Um... But I, you know, you know me, I'm fucking Travis Bickle and I'm a mercenary. I'm trying to make money. So I, I'm, I'm driving and I pull away and I go, what happened in there, fellas? They go, oh, nothing. This just, this isn't a great area. So we wanted to make sure we, you didn't drive away. And I said, well, I, you know, I wasn't going to drive away, but you you come running out of the dark. That's not fun. And the guy goes, oh no, but this is just, this is a bad area. You got to watch you pick up here. And I'm like, oh, great. I just picked up you dudes. So that's strike one. So I start driving. It turns out they're going to a place called Hacienda Heights, which is like 26 miles away. So that's fine. I'm going to make some money. But, uh, but I got to get out of this dark and onto the fucking freeway. So I'm driving. I'm on some side streets. I take a couple of turns. And the one dude in the back goes, how long have you been driving tonight? I said, I've been out for like six hours, seven hours. Because uh, it was, uh, no, bullshit. It was like two in the morning and I'd come out at seven. So I was out for like eight hours almost. And uh, he goes, oh, okay. He goes, uh, hey, did you hear about that shooting over the weekend? <laughs> and, uh, and there, I mean, there's a guy sitting right behind me and this is the guy on the other side of him. And he goes, Hey, did you hear about that shooting where the Uber driver got shot over the weekend? And I said, uh, dude, this, I mean, is this really a topic you want to discuss? And his buddy goes, come on, bro. What are you doing? And he goes, well, no, I just thought it was wild, man. You know, he picked us up in a, like a dark area. You got to be careful doing this. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Which is why I almost left you guys there. And they all start laughing. ha ha ha. And I go, yeah, but uh, seriously, I don't want to talk about a guy getting shot. I go, it was actually a Lyft driver who got shot by an Uber driver. like, no, that's hilarious. That's like driver on driver crime. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And uh, there's a beat, and then the guy goes, yeah, but that's awful, right? Have you ever had anything like that happen? And I'm like, dude, I... Seriously, I just picked you guys up in pitch black. I don't want to have this discussion. You get in the car, you're running, you're breathing heavy. And he goes, "Oh no, dude, I'm just, I'm just making, I'm just talking, man." I go, "I know, but you got to understand my position on it." He goes, "All right, well, let's go." And his buddy goes, "Bro, seriously, I, you got to stop. He's just going to drop us off." I go, "As long as we're cool, that's fine." But I, I don't, I just can't. You know, he start asking me about shootings and shit like that. It gets a little funky in here. And the guy goes, "No, okay, I'm sorry about that." So I go, all right, I give him the speech. You want the heat on, the air conditioning. I get on the freeway and I go, hey, you want to play your own music? He goes, man, I'd love to play my own music. So I give him the, the chord and uh, the guy goes, hey, um, let me ask you something. If my phone dies, does it keep a record of who ordered the ride? I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, uh, I don't want to play music because my phone's about to die. And I go, well, this way you can charge. it. He goes, well, no, he's going to be the DJ. I'll give him the cord, but I ordered the ride. My point is if I let my phone die, does it lose a record of who ordered the ride? I said, "Look, this is this is not a question you want to be asking me." He goes, "What do you mean, bro?" And I go, "Dude, you're basically you just asked me if I heard about the shooting that happened. You asked me if I've ever been involved in something like that. And now you're telling me, is there a way to scrub the record of who ordered the ride?" He goes, "Oh no, dude, no, I didn't mean it like that at all. I just want to make sure that you still get paid, bro." I go, yeah, I'll still get paid. Once you order the ride, your name's in. They've got your phone number. Everything's official because my phone is still on. And he goes, oh, what happened if you turn your phone off? I go, dude, you got to stop. Now you're just trying to freak me out on purpose. They go, no, bro, come on. We're just having fun. (laughs) Hilarious and I go, no, man, everything's locked in. Once you fucking order the ride and I pick you up and I start the ride, which I already have, so don't get any ideas, and they laugh. I go, Uber has a record of who it is and what, what happened. And he goes, oh, okay, they, they have the whole thing? And I go, yeah, dude. I go, they know where I'm at when I'm not even driving Uber. I go, I've, had, I've received things from them where they said, hey, would you want to turn it on because it's busy in the area where you are, which is a lie. It doesn't do that, but that's fucking okay. I wanted to make sure that they knew I was being tracked all over the goddamn place. And they go, oh, bro. So they, that's weird. I go, yeah. They know how fast I'm going. They know if I stop, and that all is true. They 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 recognize acceleration and braking and quick turns. They recognize all of it. They give you a fucking report on it. But I mean, these guys have now asked me if I've been in a shooting. They've asked me all this stuff. So. I just go look. I just as long as we're cool, that's fine. I go, but I mean, this is a long ass trip, and I, I just I you're you're asking a lot of funky questions. Like I goes, no man, come on, bro. We just want to make sure that you're gonna get paid. I go, I'm gonna get paid. Oh, we're gonna tip you, bro. Great. No, we'll totally trip you. I I, I tip you. I promise. I go, that's fine. Five stars, bro. All right, cool. So I drive a few more miles, and then they're playing uh, rap music. The other guy puts his headphones on. Uh, the the guy with the dead phone puts his headphones on. The guy who's DJing, who had already asked me if I had heard about the shooting. And had already asked me if I had ever been involved in something like that. Then says, hey, man, do you carry a gun? And I said, what? He goes, well, I mean, I was just thinking with that shooting, you know, if, if, if that guy didn't have a gun, none of that would happen. Or if the other guy had a gun, perhaps he could have fucking saved himself, man. And I went, dude, this is not a question I want you to ask me. And the other guy leans forward and goes, what's up? What's up? I go, he just asked me if I have a gun. And the guy goes, oh, bro, what are you doing, man? I just told you that we're just trying to get cool. We're just trying to go home. And he goes, I know, man, but I'm just asking a question. I want this guy to be okay. He's, he's like the coolest Uber driver we ever had. I want to make sure he's safe. And I go, I know, but you can't you can't ask questions like that, dude, because you already asked me if, if I heard of the shooting, if I've been involved in anything like that. Now you want to know if I got a piece? And he goes, well, I just want to make sure you got the strap if anything goes down. And I go, "Uh, I'm not going to answer your question. And he goes, what? And I go, I'm not going to answer your question. He goes, oh, so you might have a strap? I go, I might. I might not. Or I might not. I just want to answer your question. Can we just go to Hacienda Heights and not have a conversation about whether I'm going to pull a gun on you guys or worse, you're going to pull a gun on me? And we all laugh. Ah, <laughs> hilarious, bro. You're hilarious, man. You should have a fucking show. You should be a comedian or something. Yeah, you're right. I probably should. Maybe if I survive this ride, I'll think about a new career. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so folks, here's the point. I dropped them off. Everything was fine. They were cool. Everything was okay. But it doesn't matter. Just the conversation alone. I shouldn't be put in that position. I'm the talent for fuck's sake. I shouldn't have to have a conversation with two guys with hoodies and fucking pitch black darkness who ran out of a park and told me about how fucking people were gang fighting in the park all the time. I shouldn't have to have a conversation about whether or not I got the strap or whether I have a gun or whether I've heard of shootings. So please, again, I implore you, go to the Amazon page uh, or or the, the, the Joe Business page and click our... Amazon link and click through because they get money, I get money, you get stuff and I, if I can get enough money, I don't have to have gun conversations. unless you want to buy me a piece and send it to me. You want to do something like that so I've got the strap out when these two fucking guys come charging out of a park and jump into my goddamn car or become a patron. Become a patron of the show for Patreon so I don't have to drive strangers around and wind up getting shot and I know it sounds like begging. I'm not begging. I'm just telling you that there's a possibility that I could get ventilated at some fucking point because two guys in hoodies wanted to ask me a smart ass question and I answered it the wrong fucking way. And now that's all that's on my brain. Every time I drive till two, three, four in the morning. And I mean, I, cause look, I've always felt like if you're looking for trouble, you're going to find it. But if you're not looking for trouble, you're going to be safe. So I drive in South Central, I drive in fucking, uh, in Compton and I don't even think twice about it. I'll go down there when I need to like really bulk up on rides. Sometimes I'll head down there because it's always pool rides and I'll get three at a time and I'll just be fucking knocking off numbers. and that's fine. When with me, because I don't judge anybody, I'm cool with that, everybody's fine, let's do it, but at the same fucking time, all it's going to take is one guy in one hoodie with one bad attitude charging out of one dark park, and you've got one less podcast to listen to, which might sound good to you, however, it doesn't sound fucking great to me, so go ahead and become a patron, use the Amazon link, or just send me some fucking money through the goddamn US Mail, so I don't have to have this conversation with these dudes, I can sit home, count the filthy lucre, and think of other ways to tell you about Spider-Man and Ralph fucking Bakshi, and not worry about driving these motherfuckers out of a dark park, and get Fucking middle to a throne if you're not gonna suck a dick.